being a former sub guy, uh, the hunt for red October is just a fantastic, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, physical inaccuracies and in how a sub operates but the the, the jargon and the is that like your is... roadhouse for like if you were a bouncer like they all sit around watching roadhouse no. like so i just yes. imagine you like kind of a mix between like a top gun after volleyball right. game all of you guys are like in your boxers wearing your dog tags in the <laughs> in the submarine and you guys are just sitting like in the mess hall or whatever like kind of like lightly sweaty watching hunt for red october <laughs> Is like that and Crimson Tide, and you're just like I was oh, just gonna God. say Crimson Tide. I was like, nah, it's you five seven one and yeah, like yeah. Das Boot. And you're like, yes. oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> men. We're kind of just sitting there with our arms around each other, just kind of like you said, lightly sweating. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jay, and I'm Matt. And this is, until we can think of a better name, a cast with no name, where we talk about movies, TV, streaming, just like 70% of the other podcasts out there. At least 70. At least 70. Probably more like 85. Maybe 90. 94. All right. Uh, this is our first episode, if you're joining us. Um, sorry for the haphazard delivery or the uh, stream of conscious format, but uh, this will probably change 15 times before we settle on a format or content that we'd like to do regularly but uh i guess since this is the first episode and you are meeting us for the first time uh we'll give you guys a bit of background on us uh matt do you want to go first sure let's go first so i am a navy man formerly navy uh but before then i went to purdue majored in kinesiology which, of course, uh, makes total sense because I don't do anything kinesiology-related anymore. I uh, went to the Navy. I was in subs. So I was a submarine officer. A seaman. A seaman. Mm. For the, yes, for the laymans out there, yes, I was a seaman. Uh, got, out of this, uh, got out of the military, uh, moved to Connecticut, where I was a quality manager for a circuit board manufacturer. Awesome. <laughs> circuit boards you say <laughs> yes uh and now i'm a project manager move back home uh so that's me in a nutshell and that's pretty boring but uh back to movies uh <laughs> i've been uh got a long time fan of movies i you know my earliest and fondest memories are walking from my house across the street uh you know major street to the local grocery store to incentivize people going to the grocery store, they would have you know movie rentals. If you don't remember, if you didn't rent your local Blockbuster or video chain, and they would sell them for forty nine cents. So that's where I spent a majority of my time uh, when I went to the grocery store with my mom was just you know one to two hours trying to find that perfect movie. And I think we've all been there if you like movies yep. where you just rummage everywhere and you end up renting the same thing that you've watched probably ten times. Absolutely, that's how that happens. Um, yeah, so uh, I love movies, and uh, my sister Christy married this guy uh, named Jay, and we've, I don't know, known each other now for over a decade, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little over 10 and years. We, and we've had, I don't know how many conversations about movies. At least three. We nerd out. Yeah, yeah I mean, it gets it gets deep. We go hard in the paint when it comes to yeah. talking movies. And you, you know the party has just begun when everyone's having a great time and we're just sitting in the corner talking about movies how many times do you remember talking movies and then just the the crowd just congregates yeah you guys know what dance-offs are to where 
you just you feel this energy and everyone just kind of circles around two people that literally never happens when we're <laughs> at a party so so uh yeah uh it, it's just happy coincidence that my brother-in-law enjoys movies as much as i do because i didn't think that anybody i knew didn't yeah, came out of the closet no one likes movies i mean it's <laughs> we're the only ones <laughs> we found each other <laughs> yeah that's true so but i can talk uh, you know talking about uh, movies longer than 10 minutes i think this is the because after you get to that 10 minute mark it's just kind of like a, yeah you, you get to the nerd out details and no one's really interested in talking about that yep, so. nope i got you yeah yeah because they're you'll, you'll start referencing cinematographers or directors and then people are like oh i don't care about that that much i just thought it was good and then they walk away and did you see the special effects <laughs> that's what you get a lot <laughs> well, i thought the effects were good <laughs> i mean the transformers are just amazing right it's so good it's so good oh michael bay please it's so good one more slow-mo shot <laughs> So, yep, and I am Jay. I uh, uh, grew up watching movies as well. I am not a Navy man. I Wait, am, so you're not a seaman? I am not a seaman, but I can be a dick. <laughs> Which <laughs> but, is what you need. Yes. <laughs> so we fit together like a puzzle piece. The um, But no, I went to college. I majored in video production, which if you're wondering... Uh, about the future of that major, uh, boys and girls. Just think of... Uh, Wait a um, second. Those people are super successful. I don't yeah, know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was in a class with about 30 other people every day that all thought they were going to be the next Spielberg. Hmm. Hmm. And we all just met ourselves into the middle <laughs> of mediocrity. <laughs> so uh, I majored in video production. Best decision of my life. My parents were super proud. Um, and I am currently a marketing manager at a machinery company Ooh. so yeah very exciting but uh loved movies growing up i think the first movie i was I actually talked about this with my parents a couple of weeks ago when i brought up that we were doing this podcast because i was i was curious i was like oh i wonder what the first movie i saw in theater was the first one i remember is the last crusade mm. and the only thing i really remember of it is the part right before he drinks out of the wrong chalice the mm. nazi uh war general right. drinks out of the wrong chalice and then he ages right uh, but i remember that because my mother covering my eyes during that uh. portion yeah and i might have gone to a theater a uh, movie before that but that's the first one that i really remember i remember uh, the first movie I remember watching in theater was I begged my mom. I believe this is first grade. It might have been kindergarten to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. And I'm blanking on the subtitle. It was like Turtles in Time or something. Anyway, uh, they go they go back in time to Japanese 18th century. Yep. To fight. I don't know. Some some war. Anyway, I do remember that. And my mom just, you know, it's like pulling nails. Like, mom, please, I, I got it. And anyway. So I faked being sick at school, and she took me to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. I think we were nice. the only people in the theater, but I appreciate that. Yeah, you were, you were the two that saw it in theaters. That's right. We were <laughs> the ten dollar box office receipts. Actually, no, it was probably like more like four. It was two dollars for a ticket back in those days. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Well, yeah. uh, so that's that's a little bit about us. I mean, I guess at least from my side of things, I will try to be as unbiased as possible mm -hmm. when we talk about movies um i am very opinionated um 
and like anything, everything is uh, subjective to um, or objective. Which one's which? The fuck's which? It, I don't think it matters. I okay. think subjective. I understand what you're talking about, and when yeah. you say objective, okay, objective get, is just, okay. It I is. Get, I get the subjective I get the is my opinion. Anyways, so I'll try and uh, do this from an objective point of view. However, like anything. Uh, art is extremely subjective and in the eye of the beholder and all that good stuff but and when i do become opinionated i will be the first to say that yes movies take a lot of hard work and a lot Mm -hmm. of effort from a lot of people um but it is a business and people who run those businesses are sometimes idiots right and sometimes movies just shouldn't be made absolutely Um, so and we can go through that and a lot of stuff that we talk about yes where specific scenes plot points characters you know were those studio notes or was that part of the, you know, collective process of right. crap decision making made right. together kind of a thing. Right. Um, but and not to say that, oh, we can make a better film mm-hmm. because like any other critic, um, well, I mean, like most critics, we haven't really made anything. I've made no. some short videos. and I know how hard it can be and I can't imagine how hard it is making a movie. But at the same time. Oh, it's eh, going to be crazy hard. Yeah. I mean, even in our own day jobs, how hard is it to, you know, wrangle, you know, 20 people together at a meeting and get you all on the same page? So imagine getting a whole crew on the same page for, you know, limited time and limited budget and making millions of dollars on the line and stuff like that. Unless you're Netflix and each movie gets made for $20,000. But right. um, Or you give Scorsese 300 million and tell him to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's where I'll be coming from it um, as far as like my outlook uh, and the reviews that I give some some it'll just I'll just be biased. I'll try to be unbiased, but um, there's a weird effect. I can't the name escapes me right now. But as you get exposed to something more and more, you tend to like it more. So that's why a lot of people when they grow up, they see something in their childhood. Yeah. They tend to like it a lot more and give it a lot more praise and look through it through rose tinted glasses than what it actually is right and that's your argument for shawshank redemption which we could talk about in future podcast yes the most overrated movie ever well not the most overrated movie but i understand where you're coming from see and that's going to be something that we talk about stuff like that i i don't have that viewpoint but uh that's what this is for yeah get into those get in the weeds of that stuff which is which kill our boredom talk about something and just make something productive somewhere exactly and hopefully be entertaining at at some point yeah and I, I enjoy talking about movies because I think that, uh, you know, if you ha- as you have conversations about it, it, like you said, it is an art and y- there's so many different interpretations that one can have. And when you do flesh out ideas with other people that like movies, then maybe the second time or the third time or the next time you view it, uh, you might like it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because when you converse with somebody and have either a healthy debate or just talk about something in general, it might open up your eyes or someone will bring something uh, to your attention that you just completely overlooked mm-hmm. and which is nice when two people can have a conversation like that and then discover something new and just grow as a person in general and all that crap. So right. um, it just makes it a lot more enjoyable on rewatches. Yep. And it's why you, it's why movies are so enjoyable, enjoyable and universal. You know, you can project whatever you feel like the movie, what it says to you. Mm-hmm. That's why I like it. Good point. Yeah. So what you want to get into, Jay? Well, that's uh, well, first, I mean, we're, uh, today we're just we're going to be talking about our top five movies mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit about the Batman. 
mm. um, which came out a couple of weeks. We all, we saw it a couple of weeks yep. ago. Yep. Um, so we've only seen it once. Yep. Um, so might be a little fuzzy. Yeah. A little fuzzy, but uh, we've had our initial viewing. We've chewed it on it for a while. Um, yeah. I have not watched any other reviews for the Batman. Um, I have watched a couple of reviews. Okay. So I'm going to try not to make the same points that those guys did. Yeah. And I try, and that's the reason why I didn't, I didn't want to yeah. have whatever I contributed be affected by that. Sure. So, yeah. um, which, and yes, there were some similarities that I, I shared some of the same viewpoints, but uh, when we talk about today, I'll try to go in a different route. Awesome. Yeah. Top five movies. Ooh. Before you start. Yes. Well, do you, well, do you just want to list your top five and we talk about them or you want to go back and forth? Let's go back and forth. Okay. I like that. All right. Let's go back and forth. The, yeah. Um, and we were, so yeah, we were totally trying to understand like what kind of top five we were in the top five all time top five. I didn't, I didn't really want to do all time because it's the typical top five. You always hear like, you're going to have Godfather and you know, Goodfellas and all the classics. Um, I tailored my top five to uh, the top five movies that I sort of grew up with that are rewatchable that I could watch right now. And I'd give you my reason why. And I tried to space it out by genre. I didn't mm -hmm. want to, because I could name, obviously, five of my favorite like comedies or dramas or action, whatever. Sure. So anyway, that was my, that was my uh, uh, thought process. The way you went I, about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine is, I, I kind of looked at it similar to where I looked at my movie library and I was trying to think, okay, if I came across it on television mm -hmm. or if I had to watch a movie, could I pop it in and watch the whole thing and be entertained? Sure. So that's the way I went about it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not, they're not the top five, like they're not the top five movies that I think are the best ever made. Yeah. Um, it's just my personal favorite. And sure. we decided to do this for our first podcast. So that way you guys could understand where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Um as far as like what kind of movies we watch, what kind of movies we like and we gravitate to. Yep. Um, we are not, uh, I don't think we're movie snobs by no. any stretch of the imagination. Oh, you'll see from the list that I'm by far <laughs> from a movie snob. So it's not going to be like There's Amelie some... and uh, 400 blows and shit like that. Eight and a half. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, eight and a half is one of my favorites. Oh, Requiem for a Dream. That's just my feel good. Uh, I can't wait to uh, watch. Let's, let's pop that in, baby. Let's watch Requiem for a Dream. So, even though they are good movies, they're not. Yeah. I mean, we're... We're letting you know what our, our favorite ones are, like what we enjoy and yeah. what we can watch over and over. Right. Obviously, um, like Schindler's List is one of the best movies ever made. Never seen it. I'm oh a huge gosh. movie buff. I've never seen Schindler's List. Wow. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen Schindler's List maybe three times, but it's something that you have to you have to space that experience out. You can't because the second you watch it, you're just like. Yeah, it's not. It's not like when you oh were eleven or twelve. God. You rent, like I remember. I rented Friday when it came out on video. The comedy. Yeah, great but, movie. Yeah, Ice Cube and yes, fantastic. Um, it came out. I think I was. Oh God, whenever that movie came came out, it was 90, like ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Okay, so I was uh, about twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was about twelve and rented that. And I, but I remember at that age, I would rent a movie, watch it that night. Yeah. Wake up immediately, watch it again sure. before we had to return it the next day. Who didn't do that? Yeah, exactly. We all did that. So. Um, 
So it's not one of those movies like Schindler's List. Absolutely is not, not. Okay. No, right. no. You feel like a different person after you watch it. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And and I understand what Schindler's List is. I, sure, I, sure. I, it's not that I'm completely oblivious to where. Right. Oh, what? Right. Well, the point I was making was obviously that's a one of the greatest movies sure. ever made. Hands down. It's fantastic. But you can't rewatch it like right back to back. You need some time. Yeah. It, it's emotionally. Yes. Being involved emotionally and you yes. can't. It's not. It's not good popcorn. No. Definitely stuff. not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm coming from on my list is something I can rewatch, something that I know I'll enjoy. I just put it on anytime, right? And I'm good. And honestly, this will probably change three years from now. Absolutely. Two, I mean, because this tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. And it goes uh, back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, it's art. Yeah. It changes from day to day, year to year. And as you get older, because I mean, there's like we're both fathers. Yeah. And it. I feel like I'm on uh, estrogen half the time because I'll be watching something and a scene will pop up and all of a sudden my eyes will just fucking start watering and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's going on with me? (laughs) Because I'm, and it'll be something that I've seen before, but it just hits you differently. Right. Because now you're a father. Now you, you're an adult. You're, you're looking at it from a different point of view from your life experiences and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, so, I mean, these will change. Don't, hold our feet to the fire. And uh, if you want to comment on our list, uh, simply go to uh, um, don't give a fuck at gmail.com <laughs> and write us. Uh, but uh, hopefully is that we, the official address that that is not, we will hopefully have mm. a, an official address for you guys to uh, yeah write in and uh, put in any comments or there might be a comment section on wherever this is posted. Don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we do get to that point with comments and and everything, I would love to, to sift through the comments. Uh, of course there'll be many comments where, you know, you guys suck and, uh, you know, go fuck your mother and as one does, yes, yes, all that good stuff. But you know, that's the internet. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's all good fun. So it is all good fun. Cool. Top five movies. Do you want to start? You want me to start? You start first. Okay. Uh, I will go in no particular order. Sweet. Um, but this will be probably be my favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to start at one. Uh, I'm not going to go in any particular order, but this is my favorite one. And I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, uh, definitive number, but this is the first that pops into my head whenever someone asks, Oh, what's your favorite movie? Back to the future. Oh, okay. I saw this coming. Yeah. That's good. It's, it's not any, uh, it's not a secret. Um, but when we, when we give each other our movie, do you want to give the first impression from the other person? Sure. All right, I'll start that off. Back to the Future. I agree with him. It is one of the greatest movies ever made. It is a fantastic movie. I would dare say the trilogy is. It might be my favorite trilogy. It's a pretty solid trilogy. You know, I love Lord of the Rings though a lot. Yeah. So anyway, excluding Lord of the Rings, Back to the Future, it might be what my favorite trilogy. Fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean it's a good, solid story. I like one of. Again, when I was a kid, I would watch movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. So Back to the Future was on there. Uh, Crocodile Dundee was Ooh. on there. Um, parts one and two. Well, that's not uh, a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. <laughs> the, uh, um, the Karate Kid. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, Flight of the Navigator, Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yeah. Um, and so a lot of these movies I just watched over and over. Goonies, mm. I mean, the, the typical 80s yeah. kid movie fair. Um, but it was one that I just watched consistently and i i liked that movie a lot when i was a kid and it was one of those as i got older and i watched it again i got more of the jokes i got because you started understanding more but um back to the future for me 
uh, I saw it multiple times. First time I saw it in the theater, I believe it was the 25th anniversary and went down. I uh, saw it with some college friends of mine in the theater for the first time. Because it came out in 85. So that this would have been like... I'm great at math. 2010. <laughs> Who taught you math? Gosh. <laughs> I was in the damn Navy in charge of nuclear reactors. I so, can't add. Yeah, I'll do. <laughs> 1985 to Your figure was on the button. God, I'm damn proud it. of this country. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so in 2010, 25th anniversary, they re-released it in theaters. Uh, it was to celebrate the Blu-ray release. Mm-hmm. And first time I saw it in theaters, and it was just watching it in with a, with a bunch of fans. Um of the movie because obviously no one's going to go see a 25 year old movie unless you're a, unless fan, you're of a fan of it yeah nostalgia man yeah uh fantastic mm-hmm. for i mean it played well like the emotional beats hit me harder viewing that that time that time than any other time and was it the experience seeing it with other people i, I think so because and that's why i think i don't see cinemas dying no and oh, let's get into this. Yeah. So I like, I agree with you. The, because whenever it's like, Oh, movie theaters are dead, blah, blah, blah. Streaming. I was like, eh. and everyone talks about, Oh, I hate theaters. I hate the experience. You have someone yelling, but there are a few instances that I think will mm-hmm. keep them around. And is that, that is the, the experience of, um, this is going to sound like church being in fellowship or seeing like seeing it with a crowd yeah. in a congregation, mm-hmm. looking at something that everybody is there to participate in together. Right. And I think that experience you can't get sitting at home. No. Um, maybe watching a movie with your family, but I mean, usually you're doing that. Your wife's on your phone. She yeah. falls asleep on the couch and I'm just sitting there Wait. watching it by myself. Little toddler feet are kicking me in the face and like yeah. climbing all over me, dogs barking and everything. But, uh, but no, the emotional beats hit harder in that viewing, I think partly because of the experience, partly because I was watching it the way it was meant to be watched. Right. Movies back then were meant to be shown on a large screen. This is 1985. This is before home video became a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so people weren't making movies to be watched on a small screen. Right. They were making them to be seen huge, uh, larger in life screen. Yep. And I think that kind of helped. Also, it was my favorite movie. It was the sure. first time seeing it, it was all this other stuff I was playing up in my head, but I felt like the emotional beats hit harder. Um, it still held up, still yeah. holds up. I mean, yeah. the, um, the, and this is the other part of the, everything is foreshadowed. Everything is a callback. There's a purpose. They, they, to the they plot. set up yeah. everything. There's nothing extra there's, in there. There's, there's no, no filler. Yeah. There's no, um, everything feels organic. Everything feels like it belongs in that story. Right. And there's not a single thing that I could look at and be like, we need to take away. Yeah. Take away that. Take away that. And it would be great. Plus there's also nothing I need to see more of this. Right. Um, that's why it's one of my favorites. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's just my favorite. I mean, it holds up. The acting is good. It's funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's just, I mean, the, the effects are a little outdated now, but you don't even notice it because the story is so good. You don't yeah, care. You don't care. And don't it's care. the story. It's the story that matters. Right. And um, the story is just rock solid. Um, and I think that's why a lot of other people like that movie. That's oh, yeah. why it stands the test. It's like anything. It's like any good movie that'll stand the test of time. If, it, yes. if a movie is good, it's like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is another yep. one that um, it's an older film. 
but it holds up because the yeah. writing is there. The characters are true and yeah, I mean, it's just good. It's amazing how, 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 how much you do not need special effects or anything like that to tell if the story is good, then everything will work itself out. Yep. That was the, that was actually the single most important lesson that I got from college was in our video, one of our video production classes. Uh, everyone was the year that I went to college was the year that my college got two cameras, the same cameras that George mm -hmm. Lucas used for uh, episode two. You had to be a grad student to use them. Okay. Um, I never used them, but everyone was talking about them on Attack campus. The yeah. Oh, okay. And everyone was talking about them on campus and they're like, oh yeah, we could use these cameras. But one of our uh, video production classes, the teacher was like, look, it, it doesn't matter what equipment you have. You could have right. the crappiest equipment in the world and you can, as long as the story is there, yes. people will be invested. Right. And if it's something that everyone probably knew, but everyone's always, yeah glittery eyes and like oh i want the best equipment or i need this and that then that'll make it better but and then he had proceeded to show us a eight minute little mini documentary that was done by a student i think like five years ago mm -hmm. and he did it on a vhs camera that was half beaten up because it was the only thing he had on him at the time because he saw a guy rummaging in the dumpster and he went out and shot a story of him wow like just like a just a little mini documentary about him and his wife great story i mean mm -hmm. it's like yeah five eight minutes long you saw the tracking lines on the videotape. Like it was just a beat up image, but you were just engrossed. Yeah. Um, but brings it back to if the story is good, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Some things may seem a little dated like effects, but yeah, you, you, you don't even care it. at that point. Yeah. Don't even care. But yeah, you're right about the, the cinematic experience. I couldn't agree more. There's nothing better or satisfying, I should say, than experiencing a movie with an audience, mm -hmm. especially when, because, you know, the, the the feelings are amplified at that point. Like if it's a comedy, the laughter, the jokes hit yeah, harder. You're going to you're going to yeah. feed off of each other. Yeah. Everyone's I mean, once you're in that, I mean, there's it's a kind of a mob mentality almost. Sure. Yeah. And um, I th I th it helps with the experience. Well, what other environment do you experience that? What, Twitter mobs? Yeah, <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, comment sections. And yes. <laughs> so. Can't wait. By the way, I've never been on Twitter, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. I yeah. just hear things. I've seen pictures. Yes. Wait, isn't that Instagram? It's bluebirds. Oh, no, I guess Instagram is pictures. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're I'm dumb when yeah. it comes to that. I don't I'm not on social media, so Yeah, neither am I. Maybe after this, if this hits and all the tens of people that are listening. Yeah, the tens have the to promote tens this somehow. Yeah. <laughs> to market it somehow. Ha hashtag is that whatever the fuck. I don't know. You know what? We're saying hashtag. That's probably not even a thing anymore. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But this is a good pick. Yeah. I like Back to the Future. All right, my pick is uh i don't know if a lot of people have heard of this movie but growing up i've watched it uh, i don't know how many times wore out the vhs it's just a wonderful uh story about a journey this is before lord of the rings before all that good stuff well live action lord of the rings i should say but willow nice directed by ron howard also known as opie from happy days uh i think this was right after splash i think is that the movie Maybe. called Tom Hanks, right? And Daryl Hannah, Splash? Yeah. Am I a moron right now? No, no, that that that, that is a movie. Um, I think it, yeah, because it's a it's a big budget movie, journey movie, like a fantasy movie. Uh, and I think Ron Howard got approved to do it after the success of Splash. They're like, yeah. okay, yeah, you can do it. 1988 Yeah, is when, uh, um, not Splash, but Willow came Willow out. Willow came out. Um, 
But again, it is a George Lucas story, story by George Lucas. Uh, I didn't write the screenplay. I can't think off the top of my head who wrote the screenplay. But uh, it's fantastic. The story's great. Uh, if you don't know what Willow is, it's a story of, uh, and again, there are a lot of parallels with Lord of the Rings here because uh, Willow is a dwarf. He lives in a dwarf village, you know, the mirror there with, you know, the hobbits and the shire mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. So an evil queen, uh, the antagonist is the evil queen. And there's a baby born who's supposed to supplant her as, you know, the fairest of them all, that old, mm-hmm. you know, that old tale from, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and all that good stuff. But uh, so the evil queen, the baby's born, she knows where it is and decides to go kill it. Right. With dogs, of course, uh, the the lady in charge with the safety of the baby releases the baby on the river. The, the baby floats down the river like Moses. Yes. Like okay. Moses. Yes. And then uh, happens upon willow's children who are in this i can't remember what the village is called off the top of my head but anyway they find the baby they raise the baby uh plot line plot line plot line they realize that uh the baby is special and they need to take the baby and have him be raised by human beings mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want their 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 town or village to be in danger because sure. they know that it's a special baby so anyway the story goes from there willow again like Lord of the Rings, it's like a fellowship. It's a it's a brigade of people that go on a journey to take the baby to the rightful someone to take care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Along the way, you meet Val Kilmer, who's excellent in this movie. Mad Mardigan, fantastic performance. Uh, he was like Aragog, you yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. Pretty the, much the young dashing. Yeah. Whoever wrote this screenplay is definitely a fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, but anyway, uh, you meet you know Val Kilmer, uh, uh you, you know hurdle to jump hurdle to jump hurdle to jump yeah there's just it's just an awesome fantasy epic journey ultimately i don't want to spoil it if anyway, it's been out yeah. for 30 years it's a good it's a good it's on disney plus um, yes it is and i think that's when we watched it recently didn't we i don't know if we did together but i've watched it recently the it still holds up yeah it does hold up and because i remember i watched that movie when i was younger uh i think my mom or my brother had rented it yep and um Again, that came out probably when, about when I was five. I saw yeah. it one time, um, and I remember liking it because I thought it was not cute, but it was it looks comfortable. Sure, yeah. Um, and but yeah, I watched it recently. It holds up. Again, some of the effects are dated, sure. but the story, the comedy. I mean, yeah. the it's the one liners. I was all surprised good. it held up because yeah. I thought that was going to be one of the movies. Like, uh, yeah. It's definitely not. And I don't know why it wasn't a big success either at the box office. Mm-hmm. It definitely saw a surge in home video. Um, I don't even know what came out that year. Why it was such a, 88. such a flop. I don't know. Batman was 89. I so. know. Oh, 88. I know. Uh, Rain Man came out. In Ooh, 88. That's right. And I don't know. Maybe people were just tired of Star Wars at that time. They didn't want any more fantasy. It kind of just made its run. Right. Kind of like the way. Was that after Howard the Duck? Ah, uh, yes. And maybe that was like, oh, God, George Lucas. Wait, that's not on the list? How are the duck? <laughs> <laughs> the naked duck lady, the, the opening scene of that movie. Oh, my God. It's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> who the, the, who the fir- thought that was a good the idea? The first Marvel movie. That's true. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Wait, didn't they make a Punisher, like a crappy Punisher movie? I think it was that. What, like was Dolph Lundgren? Yeah. I think that was after. It was after? Hmm that was after again that was george lucas so yeah yeah george lucas had howard the duck then he made willow 
Will is a great movie, by the way, but it just didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't hear from George Lucas until, you know, the Force or not the Force Awakens, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Well, the uh, special edition Star Wars. He re-released those uh, to build up the back. That's back right. The hype and then. <sighs> I think you know, those... when we do a podcast about the most overrated movies, the special edition Star Wars are definitely up there. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a whole thing about Ugh. changing movies. <laughs> yeah. Even if you've made them, going back and redoing effects or anything, yeah. I am against that. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. But so anyway, Willow, that holds a special place in my heart. I love that movie. I could watch it right now, over and over again. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Warwick Davis is an underrated actor. He's yeah. very good. He is good. Yeah. Um he's been in so many things too. I know. you he's, may know him as you know uh grip hook yeah. in the harry potter movies yeah he played uh grip hook and um he played uh professor flitwick F- flitwick that's right um oh and he also played a leprechaun in the wonderful horror franchise called the, the leprechaun. leprechaun i i particularly like leprechaun 2 back to the hood <laughs> Jeez. it's so good uh, I think I only saw a clip of that, those movies, and it was like the leprechaun in space oh. or something like that to where it was in space. They, they eject him out of the airlock or whatever. Yeah. He's like, and I think this is from that movie, but like his hand is severed floating in space <laughs> and then slowly just gives, gives the, him the finger. finger. <laughs> and I don't know if he's giving it to the other characters or to the audience. Um, but oh my God. But yeah, that's that's the only thing I can remember of. Right. The leprechaun series. I don't think I saw any of the other ones, but don't watch the leprechaun series. Not good. What's your next one? Uh, next one, Kill Bill. Ooh, so, like together or just? Yeah, I'm gonna count that as one movie. That's fair. So I'll get I'll allow it. Um, because I I, th- I think it was supposed to be one movie. It was supposed to be, and yeah. I would love to see it as one movie because yeah, I I like I I don't mind three hour long run times. I don't no. mind four hour run times. Oh, that's sweet, sweet, uh, run time. sweet, sweet run time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like. Uh, Kill Bill is probably one of my top five. And that I saw in theaters when it came out. um, Loved it. It was, I think the first one came out like in the September or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then it was like three or four or six months later than the second one came out. Um, But I like, I like it as two separate movies. I thought the way it was separated, he made it and separated it made sense. Yeah. Because you had, you had your Kung Fu. Sure. As part one. And then yeah. you had your Western as part two. That's very true. Um, Wait, Tarantino likes Westerns? What? Huh? What? And uh, He's not influenced by that, is he? Yeah. I thought he, <laughs> I think that's, I think it's probably one of his better films uh, that he's done. But I, I like the, I like Kung Fu movies. Um, I liked the action in it. I thought mm-hmm. he did a good job. Granted, a lot of that goes to the choreographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as placing the camera, he did nice wide shots. He did. Yeah. He didn't get super close because, um, which would make sense because if he was drawing inspiration from kung fu films, they had wide angle shots. They had the choreography speak, and they had they let the actors do what they needed to do on camera. As opposed to also coming out around that time was Born Identity and yeah the shaky cam or close-up you can't really tell what's going on kind of action scenes um but part one uh great kung fu um uh, i'm just a story you have some of your quentin tarantinoisms which is kind of like which you're not a fan of yeah but i, I am i'm not like the self-stroking shit that he does <laughs> 
to where can you tell I wrote this and no one talks like this ever, but my characters do because they're cool and That's quirky. True, but he's so good at it. Yeah, he he is good at it. He's he's better than a lot of other people who try to do the try same to thing. do that. It's yeah. it's almost embarrassing to people to try. Yeah, the person that comes to mind is Rob Zombie. His dialogue is just <laughs> fucking cringe sometimes. But no, I mean Kill Bill. Um, I thought the set design, I mean, yeah. the places where everything took place um, was so great. Part two, when it, you had the more Western feel um, and drawing inspiration from the searchers as far as like the framings, mm-hmm. story structure. And um, I, I, thought- I enjoy it's one of those I can just watch. Yeah, over and over, and I actually find myself enjoying. And I know I said I'd count it as one film, but I enjoy myself, uh, joy watching the second one more. Yeah, than I do than the part one, the first one. Yeah, the first one. I think the the final scene with Richard Carradine and and Uma Thurman, the whole conversation they have and the way it's set up and how it concludes, it's just perfectly done. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, I love the it. sitting at a table. Yes, of course. There wouldn't be a yes. Uh, David Carradine. Oh, what did I say? Richard Carradine? Yeah. How many? He has a bunch of brothers. He has a bunch of fucking. You know, his brother is in uh, Dexter. Yeah, Keith. 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 Yeah, uh, Keith Carradine. But yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, which that's one of my qualms about. Uh, Tarantino is he'll. It's not a Tarantino movie unless you're sitting at a table talking. Um, and that. <laughs> and there's which, feet. There's, yeah, and there's there, copious yeah. amounts of feet in the yeah. movie. Yeah, the copious amounts of feet. The. Uh, but yeah, the sitting at the table talking. Now, sometimes it works really well. Like when um, I really enjoy the scene when uh, Uma Thurman goes and see Michael Parks, uh, who is the uh, Mexican pimp. Um, yep. In the second movie. And Michael Parks played, I forget the character's name. Um, he plays the sheriff as well. Well, he played, yeah, played the sheriff. And then he played uh, the Mexican pimp where he goes to find out. Yes, where Bill, where, lives. Where Bill lives. Yeah. And that whole exchange I enjoyed. Yes. Um, because having that pretentious dialogue back and forth in that scene worked. Yeah. Because the guy thought of himself as a classy individual. Mm-hmm. So it made sense there. I enjoy scenes like that. Um, other scenes, I think it works too. And some of his other movies, when the camera's just kind of moving around, like Reservoir Dogs, they're talking about tipping and stuff like that. It felt like a natural conversation. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other movies, I some scenes like in Inglorious Bastards, he did it to pretty good effect. Other scenes that didn't, but um, but yeah. But so. you're 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 dead on with the the people talking at a table. I'd never thought about that until now. Yeah, I'm going through the catalog and like shit. Yeah, there is, and that that's why I yeah. wasn't a fan of Inglorious Bastards as much as what other wow. people were. Now I I love the first scene, the first scene sitting yeah. at the farmhouse, um, and you had. Uh, Christoph Waltz come in and he's talking with the farmer and then you have people underneath yep. the floorboards that I thought was awesome the, that scene and the scene in the cafe when he's eating his pie two great scenes of people sitting and talking mm-hmm. um, I, I did not like that movie because I was expecting something different uh, which probably just my fault but when when the film was advertised I remember in the trailers it'd be like you have not seen war until you've seen it through the eyes of Quentin Tarantino and I was mm-hmm. like oh shit it's going to be fucking violent. It's yeah. going to be gory. It's going to be, maybe it'll be like hard hitting. Nope. It's two people sitting in a farmhouse talking. It's two people sitting in a cafe talking. It's four people sitting in a bar talking. It's five people sitting in a movie theater talking. It's, it's, it was just scenes after scenes of people talking. I was like, Oh, I get it. 
war through the eyes of Quentin Tarantino's people <laughs> sitting in a fucking room and talking. <laughs> hey, there was a scene where the bear Jew busts a guy's ass, you know, uh, yeah. set up in like a cantaloupe. Yeah. Yep. I guess that's Tarantino. And now I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, and then the finale where they destroy Hitler's face with a machine gun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Hitler dies. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and everyone's, uh, everyone's like, oh, T- Tarantino wants to write a Star Trek film. And like, oh, oh, we'd love to see yeah. a Star Trek film, which in theory, as long as he goes back to the hard sci-fi, mm-hmm. sure, it could be good. But everyone's like, oh, could you imagine a, a Star Trek film by Quentin Tarantino? I was like, yes, I can. It's going to take place in the cafeteria of four people sitting, talking, and it's going to take place on the bridge of the whole crew sitting talking. and talking for three hours. And that's all it's going to be. But at least it'll be shot in 70 super wide and it'll take place in one room and have a budget of $5. Are you taking a shit on the <laughs> <laughs> That's another great movie. Damn. But yeah, no. Uh, so that's my other uh, top five Kill Bill. Love it. You know what would also happen in the Star Trek directed by Quentin Tarantino is there'd be some sort of golf cart, space golf cart where you're just driving around the Starship Enterprise and you're just driving around the Little Starship- shuttle. Little, little, just little right. shuttle. You're just driving around. Yep. You just hey, that, that's taking all right. It, taking in that, the scenery. That is okay. We'll do Carming, that for, little space Carmen Gia, just yes. kind of going through, and we'll do that for 25 minutes. Yeah. And listen to uh, I don't know, some 70s throwback music. That, that's, or, that's okay. Yeah. That does perfectly fine because oh. fantastic film. <laughs> I'm of course referencing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think might be my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Probably my second I might be my most favorite. See, Quentin and that's Tarantino where movie. that's why we, we're sitting here talking, talk yeah. about these things. That's a good pick. All right. My next one, I went down the animation route here, and I'm thinking, uh, I think he's probably the best. Uh this is before Pixar. So he's probably my favorite anim- animation director, Don Bluth. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't gonna go land before time, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with American Tale. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Don Bluth, by the way. So he did uh, Land Before Time. You know, I I can't say how many times I watched that as a kid. And then uh, a Pizza Hut commercial right before Land Before Time. By the way, this is back when they did advertisements with your VHSs. Uh, so you'd have to watch the Pizza Hut commercial. Obviously, it's kidded to kids. So you'd watch the Pizza Hut commercial. They'd sell the merchandise and then go right into the movie. Yep. Um, but he also did uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, which it might be the saddest cartoon ever made. Never saw it. Oh, God. It just I've seen it, American Tale. I've right seen there. Uh, Lamp for Time. Yeah. Um, All Dogs Go to Heaven's another one. Uh, but anyway, he had a great run in the 80s, and I think my favorite one is American Tale. Because yeah. I think Don, he was a Disney animator. He was. And then he went off on his own. Yeah. He did. And the ones he did on his own, American Tale, Land Before Time. The Secret of Nymph, too, was another one. Secret of Nymph. And then... Um, but he did Dragon's Lair, yeah, which was um, all you kids out there playing Elden Ring or whatever the hell that new game is now. Or it's is super that? hard, super hard video game. Uh, it's kind of like Dark Souls, uh, which I never played either. I'm not much. I, I'm a very, very casual gamer, but right. um, I am out of the loop. Yeah, it's uh, my buddy keeps texting me about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, look at all these people freaking out because it's so hard. Anyways, he mm. did a. Uh, Don Bluth, I think, was the supervising animator or something like that for, for, that game? Dra- for Dragon's Lair. Okay. And that was the original super hard game. And if you ever played that, that I mean, it was on uh, Stranger Things, I think. They oh, had okay. a small bit of it. It was that classic animation style. Wait, that's not the thing we're on uh, Big where they're, you know what I'm talking about in Big where he's playing that computer game? Or is that something completely different? I think that's, I think that's Zork. 
Okay. Um, I, I could be wrong though, but no, it's, it's something different because Dragon Slayer didn't come out for, I don't think it, it, it didn't come out for anything home release okay. until late, like maybe the nineties or mm. something or an emulator. But, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a very difficult game. Frustratingly. So to where made you not even want to play, play it. it. Yeah. But, um, but no, yeah. Don Bluth. Great. Oh yeah. And the story is they don't make it like that anymore where normally it's uh, the, the children are lost and it's the story of the parents trying to find the children with land before time. And especially in American tale, it's the parents being separated from the child. And then you're seeing it through the eyes of the child. Mm-hmm. The child goes on a journey to figure out yep. where the parents are. And that's, it, it's, it's like brilliant storytelling because you are, you are marketing the story for kids mm-hmm. and you want, you want kids to see, experience the story as the kid. Yeah. So the decisions they make, especially Fifel and in, in that movie, it's like, Oh, that's what I, like, I remember watching it as a kid and be like, well, that works. Why won't that work? And that's what I would do. But as you watch it as an adult, you're just like, Oh my God, <laughs> what are you doing more <laughs> dumb kid? You know? <laughs> But you know the animation's great, the story's great, the villain's good. Um, the song, you know, there's a couple songs in there. You know, somewhere out there, I mean, mm-hmm. great song. Uh, I just, I could watch it right now. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it probably since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I brought it upstairs to because I have it on DVD. I was going to bring it up to have my oldest watch, but uh, I was like, oh, you want to watch this? She took one look at it. I was like, no, Frozen, and I was like, great. Uh, there we go. Yep. Poppin' Frozen again. Poppin' Frozen. So. Wait, is that popular? I think so. I think it's still popular. <sighs> second one's better than the first one, I think, but. I do like the second one. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> but Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. What so, you got next? What I got next, I guess, overall number three. Uh-huh. Uh, Rain Man. What a good movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. And uh for people that don't know what Rain Man is, what is Rain Man, Jay? Rain Man is a movie featuring Tom Cruise and uh Dustin Hoffman. And it was released in 1988. Uh one best picture, I believe. Yeah. Um, it is a movie. Uh Tom Cruise plays character Charlie Babbitt. He is a car importer and um typical 80s profession. He's in it for the money, quick bucks, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets word that his father dies. And he goes to the reading of the will. And during the reading of the will, uh, his father's lawyer says, oh, you get rose bush- the rose bushes, you get the house, you get the car. Um, and But the estate worth over X amount of millions of dollars, all of that goes into a private trust. And he starts questioning it. He's like, what do you mean? What's what private trust mm-hmm. like, oh, it means it goes to a trustee that is not disclosed here later he finds out he has a brother that he didn't know about an older brother that was about 10 years older than him mm-hmm. and uh he goes tracks down his brother and his brother has autism and he goes to a home uh I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a psychiatric ward I think it's just it's a, a place for him to live yeah, yeah nursing home they take care something. of him yeah yep and um, meets his brother and he gets the idea. Um, he's like, Hmm, well, I want my half of the inheritance. 
I have a debt that I need to pay with my business. So I'm going to more or less kidnap my brother. Yeah. And hold him ransom. That's what he does. And perfectly uh, legal. Yeah. Perfectly legal. Only in the the 80s. Yeah. In the 80s. Such an 80s plot line. And um, so uh, I'm going to hold him ransom until I get my half of the inheritance. Right. So, uh, and then it goes on from there. They have a, it's kind of a car road trip movie. Yeah. Um, And Barry Levinson directed it, right? Yes. And he's good. I think he did Good Morning Vietnam. That's another oh, one of my really so he did quite a few that are just yeah I mean, solid but solid yeah the um the acting yeah so good yeah and this movie kind of got it, it probably gets flack now because sure, sure. they're like oh it perpetuated stereotype to where if you have autism you can um you're really good at math or anything like that sure and, um to where some of the medical terminology or Anything may seem dated now, but this movie, when it came out, it was the first time it to like a mass market. Um, did it tell everybody about this condition? Yeah. And uh, so I think it should be applauded for that. Um, the but the acting Tom Cruise is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, funny. But he does it authentically authentically yeah um to the character uh sure. the the it was loosely based off a real person that had autism mm-hmm. that dustin hoffman spent some time with um and uh but i mean their interactions yeah uh, one thing that i think sticks it it shows real frustration that people have when dealing with somebody that has autism or a mental disability right um or a mental handicap it shows that frustration in a very realistic, but also humorous light. Right. It keeps it fairly lighthearted. Yeah. Um, so it bounces that very well. It, it does. And uh, because, I mean, obviously there's drama in there. There's um, some emotional beats and it's very good. And there's nice character arcs. Oh, yeah. For Charlie Babbitt, Tom Cruise's character. Um, and everybody involved not so much for dustin hoffman it doesn't i mean in the 80s you could have had the oh he's cured of like some bs right, right, right. shit yeah that but no it kept it it grounded kept it grounded yeah um for what they knew of the condition at that time yeah um and and like i said it was before a lot of people knew something like this existed or mm-hmm. aware of something like this yeah and they made that apparent in the movie to where everyone's right. just kind of like, oh is, is he all right or like what's what's his deal kind of a thing but yeah um but no really good i watched a lot when i was younger i thought it was i mean i quote lines from it all the time i love the I movie uh tugs at the heartstrings um oh yeah man and the whole the whole you know and that's that's one of the reasons why I think that movie is so great is it takes its it takes its time to build up to that satisfying moment where, uh, you know, does Dustin Hoffman character have a heart? Is he like at all there? Does he have any emotional human connection with somebody? Mm-hmm. And when he puts his head, yep, it's like it builds to that moment. It takes the whole movie yep. to build to that, and it's so satisfying. It's like if you don't yeah. like get a tear in your eye, it's like come on. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, skip ahead for the rest, but. Uh, the, at the beginning it's, you can't touch him. Like he doesn't want anyone touching him. Yep. He doesn't want, um, I mean, it lays the groundwork. Yes. And, um, every time his brother or every time Tom Cruise like would touch him on the shoulder or Mm -hmm. anything like that, uh, 
Dustin Hoffman's character would just freak out. And, um, but yeah, so he, the, his whole thing is he never wanted, wants anyone to touch him. But yeah, at the end of the, um, toward the end of the film, they have that moment where they touch heads. Yeah. They make that physical contact and yep. that's his breakthrough. Yes. Um, and yeah, fantastic. Great writing. Um, if you, if you have a brother, watch it. If you don't have a brother, you have a sister, watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good sibling movie. Absolutely. Um, it's a good road trip movie too. Yeah. Good road trip movie. Um, it's funny, uh, heartfelt, uh, really good. And the, I mean, the, the, the character interactions are, are perfect. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree. All right. Now I'm going to talk about what I think might be, I don't want to say this and not be accused of hyperbole, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is probably the best action movie ever made. I think, uh, just because it works on so many different levels, so many different genres, and that is Predator. Uh, if you don't know what Predator is, uh, it's this. Uh, I don't want to say successful franchise because the movies that have followed this are just. Uh, I, I don't want to say crap, but I want to say crap. <laughs> They're not good. Uh, especially the, the the latest one, The Predator, with Shane Black. I was so disappointed in that movie. Oh, the one that he that direct, he directed and wrote, re- rewrote, or oh. re remade what a steaming pile of dog shit i was so mad anyway that's because the first one is so damn good on so many different levels and this is a movie that i watched all the time growing up it was one of those movies that my mom let me watch that was rated r Mm -hmm. my mom was pretty liberal when it came to letting me watch movies but this one is like you know pretty hardcore in terms of like the violence in it yeah and the adult themes and whatnot but uh yeah aren't people like skinned and oh yeah shit? skin yeah. hanging upside down you know at one point the predator takes the guy's spine out from his back and mm-hmm. you know it's pretty brutal uh but yeah i watched it to death because you know i was a big schwarzenegger fan you know it works on the you know one man taking on the world kind of thing and schwarzenegger was the king back in the 80s for that but what makes this movie so good is it's the balance of uh I guess it's the start of the movie. You feel like it's just going to be a typical action movie where, you know, it's a group of commandos, you know, mm-hmm. you know could take on the entire, I don't even, I think they're in Nicar- Nicaragua. I think that's where they are. The Nicaraguan, you know, cartel or, or militia or whatever to go extract some, some information and then bring it back. And you think that's what it's going to be. And, and along the way, they're going to meet it, meet like an alien or whatever. And then they're just going to have some action set pieces. And then that's going to be that, but it starts that way. And then you have the giant blowout. Spoiler, this is a giant blowout where they meet they meet the militia, you know, they blow it up, they kill pretty much everybody inside, and then they extract the info. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, they uh Schwarzenegger realizes that they're not the first team to go in to extract this info because they run across the team that was slated to do it, and they're hanging upside down, they're skinned alive, and they think the military, the yep. Nicaraguan military did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they realize that slowly but surely that they're being hunted by something and they can't see it or they don't know what's going on and uh and then it turns into like a like a horror suspense thriller movie yep. similar it's to crazy uh, i mean this is after predator but yeah dust till dawn had the same thing correct that was just a, a yeah. normal kidnap yep. crime movie and then it turns into like a horror movie yeah vampires yeah, everywhere absolutely. and but predator does it so well and john uh mctiernan mm-hmm. that's the director right he's got to so. go down as like one of the greatest 80s directors of all and this guy directed die hard definitely the best 80 director that oh got God. busted for wire fraud um <laughs> what else did he do just escaping me he did another really good movie in the uh well he did die hard he did die hard he did uh 
well, not in the eighties, but he did the Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan and Rene Fan, Russo. That's fantastic a great movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, he did Last Action Hero, which I enjoy a lot. Yeah, Last Action Hero is a good one. Um, that I think is probably one of the best meta. Oh yeah, meta movies. I mean, it's very just underrated. Hit it, but yeah, uh, Medicine Man, Hunt for the Red October. Hunt for thank you. That's um, another great. I, being a former sub guy, uh, the Hunt for Red October is just a fantastic. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, physical inaccuracies in how a sub operates, but the 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 jargon and the is that like your is... roadhouse for like if you were a bouncer, like they all sit around watching Roadhouse. No. Like so, I just yes. imagine you, like, kind of a mix between like a Top Gun after volleyball right. game. All of you guys are like in your boxers, wearing your dog tags in the in the submarine, and you guys are just sitting like in the mess hall or whatever, like kind of like lightly sweaty, watching Hunt for Red October. <laughs> It's like that and Crimson Tide, and you're just like, I was oh, just going to say Crimson Tide. I was like, no, nah, U571 Crimson. and yeah, like yeah. DOS boot. And you're like, yes. oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Men. We're kind of just sitting there with our arms around each other, just kind of, like you said, lightly sweating. Ah, <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, back to Predator. It's just uh, fantastic. Like, just the the way that, the, that it flips genres in between the story points is just mm -hmm. fantastic it's flawlessly done uh and he does take an element out of a spielberg here where he doesn't show the predator until like an hour in he gives you like okay this is you know camouflage and you see you see the vision goggles and he can see like heat signatures and stuff like that but you don't see him until basically he's in that epic clash at the end with schwarzenegger and mm -hmm. it just becomes like a one-on-one -on -one, death uh, match cat and mouse yeah. yeah it's just just great and i could watch it right now and just be as enthralled with it just because it's so well done nice it has some of the best lines by the way jay it, it does have some yeah. of the best lines. <laughs> goddamn of sexual <laughs> trianosaur <laughs> can you think of any jay <laughs> i can say and, and again <laughs> great, i don't want to get off great one line i don't want to spoil it for anybody yeah. if you haven't seen it yeah. i'm sure anyone who's listening to this has seen predator but i know Oh, so good. Just it's definitely dated, but uh, I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. I mean, it's, yeah, good movie. It's and it's simple too. Yeah, it's very simple. Um, yeah, I agree. Like they could have just shot it in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they could have. And actually, I, I remember uh, listening to the commentary on that. McTiernan was saying that uh, the jungle that they shot in was so thick that it wasn't cinematically appealing. So they had to go in and cut like the foliage off with like machetes. And as you're watching it, you're like the clearing that like, there's this super wide shot of, uh, I think his name's Danny. Like the, anyway, there's a wide shot in the jungle and there's literally no foliage. It's just an open area. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, would that hap actually happen in the jungle? And it makes sense after you, you, you watch it again. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like anything always have more light, more clearing than what's sure. actually there. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, see number four. Well, let's keep with the Shane Black because uh, uh -uh. Predator was written by Shane Black. So uh, my number four, uh, or the fourth one in my list would be uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, written oh. and directed by Shane Black. Super Jaws. How come I didn't think of that movie? Yeah, uh, probably one of the <laughs> one of my favorite comedies. Uh, it's a good mystery. It's it's yeah. a, uh, it's like a typical like noir like yeah neo not, I don't know if neo noir is the technical term for it but just a current noir style movie. It's a it's a mystery and you have your private investigator. You got your femme fatale. You got um, you have all these characters, but they're just kind of jumbled together and everyone's a little bit of an idiot. Oh, but yeah. 
I would um, say a lot of an idiot. Yeah. Especially I mean, Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is, plays it perfect. This is this came out in 2005. Yeah. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a burglar. And he comes across, uh, like he goes out to L.A., comes across a dead body. He meets a P.I. And he just kind of gets yeah. entangled in this hey, uh, what situation. Is, what is the P.I.'s name in this movie? Gay Perry. <laughs> uh, Gay Perry played by Val Kilmer, which probably <laughs> one of my favorite Val Kilmer roles. He plays him. You realize that Val Kilmer is, is in two movies so far that we've talked about? Yes. The guy's just a national treasure. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. awesome. Um, he, uh, But yeah, so... Val Kilmer plays uh, Gay Perry and he plays the private investigator. So he's kind of like helping Robert Downey Jr. in a way. And eventually they kind of partner up to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, and but Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr.'s interaction is so funny. Priceless. It's, I mean, the, the banter back and forth. Uh, I mean, it's two people that are really good with timing. If yep. you didn't know, Val Kilmer came from comedy. Yep. Like the top secret, like he did yep. some slapstick stuff oh, for before. Sure. And then it was uh, after Top Gun, he started getting more yeah. action-esque yep. kind of leading man roles um, that were not humorous in nature. Yep. Um, but uh, he's got great delivery. Yeah. His timing's I, fantastic. Delivery, his timing, yeah. his um, he plays a good. Uh, I consider him typically in comedies, you have the goofy person, you have the straight man. Yep. Um, and I feel like in this movie, Robert Downey Jr. Typically, is, I mean, a lot of times you have the straight man as the main character. Yeah. And the goofy one is the sidekick. This one, Robert Downey Jr. is the main character. And he's kind of the narrator a little yeah. bit. Um, but the straight man is Gay Perry. Yep. Um, to where Gay Perry. Ironically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> the in which his still. uh he still delivers funny lines and he's still a humorous character, mm -hmm. but he's just, he kind of has that mentality of like, the fuck you doing? Right. Like, God damn it. Like yeah. I, he's like trying to fix things and right. Robert Downey Jr. keeps fucking things up. And he's right. like, what the fuck are you doing? Who well, taught you math? Yeah. Who taught you math? <laughs> and a lot of good one-liners in there. Really well written. Shane Black did a very good job. Right. Um, and that's why I was so disappointed with the predator because Shane Black is just a terrific writer. Mm -hmm. Like you have Kiss Kiss Bam, which I think is his, it might be his magnum opus. It's fantastic. I, th I think it's probably his probably best one. And Long then, Kiss Goodnight was pretty good. And then The Nice Guys, the nice guys is great. Which I feel like that was supposed to be a sequel to Kiss Kiss, Kiss Bang, Bang Bang. But when that came out, I think that's when Val Kilmer was dealing with his throat. His throat, yeah. Throat cancer. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they had to go in a different direction yeah. with it. Um, because the characters are very similar. You have your... Mm -hmm. Uh, Russell Crowe character, which was kind of similar to Gay uh, Perry. Yeah, Gay Perry. Yeah. And then you had uh, Ryan Gosling's character, which was similar to Downey's character. Yeah. Um, and they, they changed some things with it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, delivery was great. Um, everyone does a good job in acting. I mean, it's it's quick. Yep. It's clever. It's worth a rewatch. It's not one of those mysteries like, oh, I watched it once. I don't need to watch it again. It's you're not watching it for the mystery yeah you're, you're watching it for the banter between kilmer and that's a good point yeah you're watching you're it for doing. the characters yes and um it's so good it's probably my favorite probably my favorite robert downey jr i mean it's just it's, it's robert fantastic. downey jr and val kilmer peak of their game oh yeah shane black peak of his game yeah uh shane black does a lot of uh buddy movies uh he did the last I think he wrote the last Boy, Boy Scout. Scout. Yeah, I think so. Um, Long Kiss Goodnight, buddy movie between Gina Davis and Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Then yeah. you had 
um, the nice guys, Russell yeah. Crowe and uh, yeah. Ryan Gosling. Uh, he does a lot of buddy movies. Uh, Lethal Weapons. Yeah. Um, so wait, what are those? What <laughs> the? Uh, but I mean, he's fantastic film. I, I could watch it anytime. Oh, it's, yeah. it's always funny and um, so good. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, my next fourth one. I think we're on the fourth list here. Fourth movie on the list. I. Ugh. Here's we were just talking about mysteries, and I think that the twist on this one, if you don't, if you've never watched, seen this movie before, it's the first time I watched it. I just couldn't believe. Uh, I just didn't see that coming. It was like the sixth sense sort of twist where I just didn't see it coming, and I wasn't even anticipating it. But a little movie called Primal Fear. Uh, if you don't, if you've never heard of Primal Fear, uh, it stars Richard Gere and uh, Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And I can't. I think it's Edward Norton's first role. First role. It is. And I can't. I can't believe I didn't come prepared. Who the hell directed this? Jesus. God, damn it. Hold on. Came out in '96. Great movie. I remember the first time I I watched this. My mom rented it because she's a giant Richard Gere fan, and uh, I was just bored. And I'm like, I didn't even know what it was about. And uh, Gregory Holblet. Holblet. Yeah, I think he also directed Fallen with Denzel Washington, which is another underrated movie. Let me look here. I think he did Fallen. Uh, he did. He did do Fallen. So he followed up Primal Fear with Fallen, and then he did another great movie. Damn, he did Frequency with... Uh, ah, that's another great movie. With Dennis movie. Quaid and, yeah, uh, and uh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, his name? <laughs> uh, Damien... Uh, no, uh, Chazelle. Uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Caviezel. Caviezel. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. He's henceforth known as Jesus. Yeah. So this guy went on a run. He did Primal Fear, Fallen, and Frequency. All those are great movies. Frequency is really solid. It's solid. Primal Fear is too. I anyway, mean, so Primal Fear. So I watched it with my mom, not even expecting anything of it. So what was I, 11 at the time? Yeah, 11. Oh, wonderful. Movie I know. For- great movie for an 11-year-old. Like I said, my mom was very liberal when it came to letting me watch movies. Uh, but no, if you look at the cover of Primal Fear, you think it's going to be a courtroom drama. There might be some F-bombs here and there, but you're not thinking mm-hmm. that it's going to go down this dark yeah, path it's, of yeah, it's you know, gonna be a- Catholic priests you know, sodomizing their altar boys, altar boys and, yep. and there's murder involved and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So, uh, can I do spoilers? Yeah, do spoilers. I'll do spoilers. If anyway. you don't want to hear spoilers, skip ahead to yes, uh, time code two hours and 57 <laughs> minutes. Because we're talking about this for about an hour and 15. I know. Uh, but Richard Gere plays a lawyer who is hired to... And he's not hired. He takes the case to defend Edward Norton's character, who has uh, fled the scene of a murder of an archdiocese, I think, of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it goes. Anyway, he's brutally murdered the archdiocese in his bedroom. Uh, there's a really awful scene where he's, his fingers are getting chopped off and he's basically stabbed to death. Edward Norton runs out from the cops. They find him underneath a bridge or whatever, and he's taken into custody. Uh, R- uh, Richard Gere is like the uh, like a well-known prosecutor. He's on the cover of like GQ, Chicago or whatever, and uh, takes the case. And essentially, it's a character study, the whole movie, uh, where, you're, you know, did he do it? Did he not do it? There's sort of a mystery thing going mm-hmm. on, and the whole time you're like, well, you're thinking that, you know, it's just a, it's a mystery of trying to find the other guy. Cause he seems so sweet and endearing. And you know, he, he plays it very well where he's just an innocent kid who just got caught up or whatever. And then it just takes a left turn into, you know, a uh, fucking Sybil, you know, multiple person, mm-hmm. multiple personality plot line. And you're just like, what the hell? And then he just owns the performance. Yeah. It's so good. Just like, like on a dime, just mm-hmm. it's an amazing performance. And then the story, uh, 
between uh, Richard Gere and I think Laura Linney plays the other lawyer in the movie. Uh, you know, there's this whole dichotomy between the two. You know, they used to be lovers and all that stuff. And uh, he plays that against her. Like, he's just a sweet, innocent kid. You know, I can't believe you're just trying to further your career. And she's like, no, you're trying to further your career. And so there's a whole relationship going on back and forth. And you feel for Edward Norton the whole movie. And you're like, how is Richard Gere going to get this guy off? Because mm-hmm. he's innocent little guy. He's got mental issues. Mm-hmm. And you feel for him. And then right at the end, it's just this juggernaut where he realizes that his story is inconsistent. I can't remember what the line is exactly. but uh, And then there's the slow clap where Edward yeah. Norton gives him that he figured it out. Like, this has all been just a giant setup. I, I don't have multiple personality disorder. I just wanted to kill that guy because yep. he abused me. And I wanted to get away with murder. And this is I wanted to plead insanity. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it comes after the decision already. So he's already off. Yeah, he's already off. Yeah. And it's. It's so well done. And it's executed. well done because you don't know how as a viewer yeah. you're supposed to feel. Right. Like you feel like you were taken advantage of and lied to. Yeah. Um, similar to Richard Gere. Yeah. You felt like, oh, good. Justice was served. served exactly. He, he got off and you're like, oh, we're going to go home happy. He premeditated this. Yes, he was abused. Yes, he killed an abuser. Yep. Is that still right? Is right. that still? I mean, it it just it kind of leaves you in this like not emotional, just just this moral mess. Right at the end of it, as far as well, this happens. Right, and movies don't do that enough anymore. They don't because everything's usually wrapped up Wrapping in a, a nice little bow, or it leaves it open ended for a sequel or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely for the the sequel. And definitely early nineties, early to mid nineties movies. There's a lot of. I don't want to say big budget, but a lot of money was given to like just st- adult stories yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, one of the best, Fugitive. Yes, fantastic. Just yeah. nice adult. Yeah, good movie. Like there's no special effects. It's yep. literally the script, and then you have a really good actor. You pay them the money, a majority mm-hmm. of the budget, and then you let them do their thing. It's just, yeah. as long as the story is good, and yep. that's just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, there are a lot of. I mean, yeah, that I mean that a lot of those movies in the nineties I felt like had to do with courtrooms. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of that because you had a lot of. Uh, well, it was at the prime of OJ, ninety four. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. OJ, you had um, I think Time to Kill was it, that was a nineties movie. Ninety five, yeah, ninety five, and then you had um, oh, Few Good Men. Few Good Men. Uh, that came out before Rainmaker. I mean, I Rainmaker. think Rainmaker might have been early two thousand. No, it was ninety seven. Ninety seven, yeah. yeah, it was early Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a lot of those courtroom or like criminal yep. mystery kind of movies yep. um, that just they weren't necessarily slow burns because I feel like they were entertaining throughout. Like yep. they're usually with a slow burn. It's like the hell's going on yep. kind of a thing. Um, and then it pays off. But a lot of these movies, they were just yep. solid. Yes. Um, who is it? Tom, not Tom Clancy. Who? John Grisham. Yeah. Like there's John Grisham movies like The Client and um, The Firm. The Firm. Uh, you get just a lot of those. He's Rainmaker too, right? You yeah, the Rainmaker, yep. yeah. And um, but yeah, just those good, solid adult yeah. stories that yeah we don't get anymore. It's you won't get a theatrical release of them anymore. Yeah, that's for it'll sure. be a direct to Netflix. And exactly. It'll start. Well, even nobody. the even the streaming services though, their movies coming out are just high budget special effects, spectacular extravaganzas. Yeah, it's not really any special effects extravaganzas. Definitely. Um. It's just not, they're just not there. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because you're not seeing it in theater. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the people who are making it know you're not going to see it in a theater. Yeah. But I feel like there's just something missing. Like, obviously, it's a real movie. Mm -hmm. But it's, 
it's just missing that it feels like a made for TV movie. It does. And yeah, it does. And I don't know if it's just because, um, I mean, I would think it could be a couple of different things. It could be, uh, directors or producers realizing all right this is this is the next this is a netflix or a amazon prime yeah something it's it's an original for them just kind of chop it, it out turn it out yeah. turn it out um we, you're right because what's what are they held accountable for just just exactly. supplying a movie so it, it's supplying yeah. a movie do they have to listen to netflix at all right. does netflix give them carte blanche be like hey do what you want which i could see a lot of directors and storytellers being like hey uh i can do whatever the hell i want mm-hmm. great i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want however then at the same time we pitch about studio notes right but then you can kind of see the other side to where oh that's why they're not allowed to do whatever yeah they want. that's why they're not allowed to do whatever they want so yeah, like tenant uh great looking movie sure love christopher nolan movies um i like that he can do whatever he wants now yeah However, I think somebody on that movie should have been like, uh, and maybe I'm a dummy. I pro- I know I'm a dummy. Um, you know what? To be fair to you, if anyone says that they understand Tenet, yeah. you're, a, you're such a bullshitter. Yeah, you're you so full of shit. You're like, oh, well, technically, with the, uh, the back of the, the time, uh, the way the time thing works. I mean, <laughs> well, entropy actually is the re- inverse of, yeah, yeah, get the fuck it's, out of here. It's, yeah. It was a great concept. Um, I think it needed like two or three more rewrites yeah. to be able to, but you see the importance of studio notes sure. to where if you let anybody do whatever they want, um, red notice, um, great movie of meh. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I thought, I felt like the whole thing was shot in front of a green screen. Yep. So, which it probably was. Um, but I mean, it was the rock playing the rock Gal Gadot playing Gal Gadot and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, no one in that movie was probably like, <laughs> we're making the next exactly. godfather here. They're probably just like, yep, we're all collecting Let's a paycheck. Let's go through the motions. Let's be entertaining. Let's do and it. And that's it. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what's missing. Maybe it maybe it is a little of uh, the writers and directors can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Um, m- maybe not. Maybe Netflix gives them notes and they're just crappy notes. Could be. That could be it too. So, could I mean, be. we're not. Can't. Point is, they don't make primal fears anymore. They don't. God. They, everything. They I'm trying to think. And it's the, not even the, the twist at the end of that. And it's a great performance by Edward Norton. Uh, especially the first the movie? first movie. Oh, before. I, I mean, he, I don't know if he was in theater before, but be able to deliver a performance like that. But not only that first performance, but to be able to do it again in yeah. American History X and oh, do it God, again. Yeah. And I mean, as he's going through his yeah. movies, I mean, it's just a very solid. I mean, I think that's one of the few examples of just natural talent. Oh, for to sure. To be able to do that and nail it that. Yeah. That well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene with, I think it's, it's Francis McDormand, right? She's the psychologist that interviews him in the room. I think so. I'm pretty sure. It's been it's several great. years since I've seen this, but. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's not just the the twist that makes that such a great movie. It's just the writing is fantastic. And the mm-hmm. plot line and then Gears Evolution over it over the, his whole character arc yeah. and then even laura lenny's is just yeah, spot they, on. they construct the story well enough to where you're engaged yeah. throughout the film they're giving you a little bit just enough yep to keep you engaged but also to not get so far ahead of the viewer yep because nowadays it's like the scripts are written and it's you can see where it's coming a mile like, away a mile away yes and 
it's everything is just the same as it was before and it's like let's make content just for the sake of making content right and there's nothing new or at least any kind of serious thought brought into something yep and and that was a i don't want to say a mediocre movie but it wasn't like a it wasn't, it wasn't a, a blockbuster movie it wasn't no. a blockbuster it's just here's a drama yeah and everyone worked their ass off on it yeah um but yeah good movie great movie What's your last one there? Well, I, I shit on them for Tenet, so I'll, I'll just have to say this. Uh, <laughs> hey, Tenet's good. Eh, eh, it was fine. It's confusing, um, but it's good. Uh, Interstellar. Ah, oh, I think a great movie. I love hard sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I like space movies. Um, 2001, love it. Like anything that takes place, I, I mean... In the early 2010s, there was a nice little chunk of three or four years of just sci-fi after sci-fi after sci-fi after the only sci-fi around was comic book movies Mm -hmm. um, to where you had Interstellar come out. You had Gravity come out. um, You had The Martian. You had Inception was another one that came out. Inception. Oh, I'm 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 thinking uh, sci-fi space. Space movies. Space movies. to where I thought it was going to be that resurgence of yeah. space movies. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy took place in space, but yeah. I mean, I know what you're talking about the hard science movies yeah. um, of that. And um, Interstellar was one of the few movies I saw. I think these are two or three times in theaters, mm. and the first time uh, it was the second movie I watched that I was aware of his sound mixing. Uh, the first one was the Batman or Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and you can understand my story. Yeah, um, you can understand. You Bane. think darkness is your ally? <laughs> <laughs> I was born. <laughs> um, but the sound mixing in that, I enjoyed. That if you haven't seen Inter- Interstellar, you you've probably seen Interstellar. Yeah. Um, when he's in his dream at the very beginning, and or whenever they're having dialogue and just the noise of the ship or they're about ready yeah. to launch. You you can tell someone's saying something, but it's drowned out by the sound effects. The sound of, yeah. I'm fine with that because yeah. it makes, you know, I knew the first time I watched it, whatever they're saying is not important. It's, it's the ship. It's the overwhelming of the environment yeah. that the characters and the, um, but the hard science, the only thing I didn't like two things I didn't like explaining black hole, uh time dilation mm. um and uh you didn't like how they explained it or the reason i i just didn't like them explaining it okay so i so as a viewer um and someone who already knew that i was hoping oh please don't explain it. just say okay it's it's the proximity of the black hole means that there's going to be time dilation to the yeah. surface we need to get in and out yeah just don't explain it because other people on that ship already know what you're talking about you I don't need the the event horizon uh pencil paper. through the paper wormhole kind of a thing uh you don't need i mean i know why it's in there it's in the because no not everyone has seen event horizon with Lawrence fishburne <laughs> and sam neill and i know the exact same it, scene and, and i know no one in interstellar looks at like time dilation theories and yeah. stuff like that um so i know it's on there for the just the general audience but i um, so that that was a small quibble that I had with it. Not that big of a deal. Uh, the other the other thing is uh, the uh, oh, what's her name? Anne Hathaway's Hathaway? yeah. uh, reason for oh, I, I want to go see my boyfriend because love 
uh, surpasses all time. And that was a little hokey. Um, I don't know if it just wasn't delivered well, but those are the only two things I had an issue with. Everything else I thought was awesome. Yeah. The uh, the planet with the wave, the score. That's probably one of my favorite oh, yeah. scores um, I've ever heard in a movie, but it's very simple and is very, very, uh, very nice. Um, yeah. I, um, but the cinematography, the way it was shot, you had the fixated camera on the wing of the yeah the planet shuttle. The it, was, it was shot yeah. like NASA would have shot it. Yeah, um, it was shot very realistically, um, and it was just was it a hundred percent scientifically accurate? I don't know, um, but I know they tried. Mm-hmm. Um, was did the emotional beats pay off? No. Uh, not all of them. Uh, I feel like the the son uh, has got the shaft uh, in that family. Oh, he did. Um, but which was uh, young Timothy Chalamet or whatever. That's right. Was the son. And then he um, turned into Casey Affleck, right? Yeah. Yep. Turned into Casey Affleck. Uh, but um, I think the 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 story the story is about love. Essentially, it's about family love and just the black hole and the whole planet in peril thing is just to support that story of mm-hmm. a, a father daughter relationship. Sure. That's basically all it is. And I think the way they concluded that, and yet you're right, the line that in Hathaway says is very hokey, you know, love, you know, but that's basically the theme of the story. Yeah. It's love transpires time and space. Yeah. Right. I can connect with you regardless of time and space. And that's what, spoiler alert uh matthew mcconaughey enters the black hole he goes into this other dimension where he can interact with yeah the tesseract or whatever they call it correct and, yeah and, and every time they say that i think loki with 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 the fucking infinity stone so i wish they wouldn't call it tesseract yeah, because you know what that uh, came out marvel like, has been out now that came yeah. out in 2014 and we've already did iron man and guardians of the galaxy and all that stuff they yeah. knew about the infinity stone mm-hmm. so which tesseract is maybe the the technical Could term be. for a environment like that hey i'm not smart here i'm yeah. pretty dumb the uh but yeah, I mean, and it was, I think it was, and maybe that goes in line with the explaining yeah. the black hole and explaining a wormhole sure. and stuff like that to where it's, okay, we got to, well, we got to dumb it down or, yeah. oh, the theme's about love. Audience, the theme's about love. Yeah. I, I think it could have been done a little bit different, but I think, I don't know. I don't think that was his main passion behind doing that project. I think it was more of wanting to do a sci-fi space journey which yeah. that's why i like it i was like ooh, like it's been so long when that movie came out of going to a different planet that yeah. wasn't a star wars planet right, right that wasn't um wasn't tattooing exactly so yeah. um but i enjoy it i mean it's just uh yeah i, I can watch it right now and mm-hmm. just be totally engrossed and yeah uh it's got my cocaine my cocaine in it <laughs> So it's good good movie i don't i don't think christopher nolan's a lot of direct movies without michael Caine yeah. in it but i i like how he can make movies like that i, yeah. I certainly appreciate it. so if he if he throws out a tenant yeah every five movies that's fine sure um the uh but as long as he he's still allowed to do like movies like interstellar and things that are just i mean yeah. i don't mind him missing because when he misses at least it's a very big spectacle and sure. it's a big idea and that's what i like um because no one else is doing it. So no, that's true. Um, he doesn't have a lot of misses though. I don't think he's I wouldn't even classify Tenant as a miss. It's just uh it just it's the plot itself doesn't make sense, but it's really cool to look at mm-hmm. and the performances are really good. It's it's exciting. Yeah. And the ending, you know, it's satisfying to me. But again, it's and the acting's good. Like John yeah. David Wash John David Washington, right? 
Yes. Okay. Phenomenal. Oh, he's great. Um, Kenneth Branagh. You would think that is this guy Russian? If you didn't know who Kenneth Branagh was, my God, I, I keep forgetting Spot that on. he is an awesome actor. Yeah. Just because I see him more often than not in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That's right. And you think he's uh, <laughs> just a goofy uh, Lockhart? Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, right. Interstellar, great pick. All right, my final movie is uh, a classic and i'm just gonna say it roadhouse okay yes i could watch it right now and here's why i could watch it right now you can't watch that movie as a serious movie uh because i think that's intentionally what they were trying to do to make it they were trying to make swayze like the next stallone and schwarzenegger because mm-hmm. it came out in the 80s and that was the thing that's you had to do the one-man army yep spiel you know, that's what your movies had to be. But if you watch this movie and think that they made this movie intentionally as a comedy, it is by far one of the funniest movies ever made. It's so funny. I'm telling you, the lines in this movie are just so golden and uh, just playing it back in my head right now. I used just, to fuck guys like you in prison. Is that, <laughs> exactly. was that one of them? That's one. <laughs> You used to be a lot taller, or I thought you'd be a lot taller. And it, you know, pain don't hurt. And pain just, don't hurt. And just like the, oh my god, and he's you know he's sit he's sitting on the after he gets in the bar fight of course because he, he's he's the bouncer. He's sitting there and he's doing his own stitches, mm-hmm. like in the office, and he's just having a, a casual conversation. Like that whole scene is hilarious to me. And then the fight at the end where he th- rips the guy's throat out, and it's the worst like choreographed nonsense. Like if you go into it thinking, okay, they intended this to be funny. This is a comedy and uh, just have fun with it. Do you think they meant it to be over no. the top? No, I thought that I think they directed it thinking that this is going to be a hard hitting, this is a hard hitting action set piece that is going to make Swayze like the next Stallone, the next Schwarzenegger. Yeah. We're going to have just raw action and just over the top villains. And it's just going to be, everyone's going to want to do like back, back roundhouse kicks mm-hmm. to the face because they're just going to be in love with Swayze. Didn't, didn't the uh, climax take place at like a farm or something? Like uh, he had to like home alone his situation or something to take <laughs> one of the guys out at, at a time. He, he did. Well, it's, it's not a farmhouse. It's just a mansion kind of thing, but you're That's, right. Okay. You're right. So yeah, the movie ends with Swayze one man army motif, uh, entering a mansion with at least 18 guys. I think it's 18 guys. He takes them all out one by one. Fucking and of bouncer course, for a bar has exactly. to do this. <laughs> I got to get the best bouncer out there. Give me Dalton. <laughs> it's so absurd. Like, of course, watching it as an adult, if yes. you own the bar, like you'd have to make a shit ton of money to deal with that kind of crap. Like oh, how yeah. many fines and like you would yes. think the town would just shut it down. But yep. Like, sorry, you lost your liquor license. Yep. To where, I mean, I know, I mean, obviously it's, it's a movie. It's not supposed to yeah. be real, but God, like the amount of crap that happens there. I'd yep. be like, it's not worth it. Yeah, and the bar is in the located in the middle of nowhere, and there's if if I feel, if it sets it up like the only place in that town, the two places are the the hardware store mm-hmm. that the heroine's dad owns or uncle I can't remember, yep. and then the bar, and then there's nothing else, and then there's the guy, the rich guy who owns the county or something. It's like what is he on? Well, the budget was only I know, <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got to go watch it again through the comedic lens. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I could watch it right now and just enjoy it. It's fantastic. Good. I love it. 
You should watch it. If you haven't seen Roadhouse, it's amazing. Yeah, I've only seen it once. It was it was a because you were talking about it, and I was like, God, I never saw that. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think I was home alone one day, and I was like, All right, I'll, I'll get, give it a shot. Yep, and it is it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> I love it though. So, um, all right, well. That was our top fives of favorite movies right now. And yeah. if you're still with us and you haven't smashed your head against the wall. Um, Which is possible. Yeah. That's, uh, After you watch Roadhouse, you're going to want to do that. Yeah. Roadhouse. <laughs> the Batman. The Batman stars Robert Pattinson as the Batman. And mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne uh, also stars uh, Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon, and Colin Farrell's Penguin, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Uh and Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman or Selena Kyle. Um, I guess your thoughts. Starting off, were you a big? Are, where does the Batman rank? As did you read the comics? Do you? I didn't. Um, when I I wasn't a big comic book reader. Um, when I was younger, yeah, I, I, was I. I have comic books. Um, I had comic books. I just. I was I mean I had I think a couple of Spider-Man books I yeah. had I was right so some you're of not, the main ones I'm not I'm not that deep into the, the right. lore but I'm aware of it right. and I know um so your first exposure wasn't of the comic book books per se you're more driven through you know the movies and correct my first exposure yeah. was 89 Batman right and um which a majority of people that's their first yeah. experience too yep I would agree that was mine too and I would think I think the Batman's my favorite superhero, hands down. And I think that grew from Batman the Animated Series, which I still enjoy. Mm-hmm. I actually got my son to sit down and watch, because it's on HBO Max, yeah. and stream all of that, mm-hmm. and he likes it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, thank God, because if I do another Paw Patrol The art rerun, style is fantastic. I mean, that show is very, very well done. Yeah. Um, the stories, I look at that as similar to like Star Trek, to where yeah. the stories are just solid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, why, I mean, you said it was Batman's your favorite. Why? Like, is it because you watched the cartoon when you were a kid? I oh, think okay. so. Okay. And it's because, uh, typical reason, you know, he's a, he's a dude, he's mm-hmm. a guy. He doesn't really have superpowers. Sure. And, you know, he's intimidating and, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's a badass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's cool gadgets. And then I think Batman has the best villains. And that's, what's interesting about, it. I I'd rather re i'd rather watch a batman movie because the villains are so compelling Mm -hmm. i don't there's some good villains in other movies but the villains in batman are way more interesting to me than the villains in say super like i can't even name like the main villain in superman uh, lex Luthor. yeah but other than that Mm -hmm. i don't know any other ones sure spider-man is probably a close second Mm -hmm. uh you know green goblin doc ock all the yeah then again that spawns from like you said early 90s kid i would watch Mm spider-man which came on after you know batman and all that other stuff. But Batman is just my favorite because the villains are more compelling. And I like, uh, I like the dark storytelling too. It's not all lighthearted and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I do like the fact that it's supposed to be a little bit darker Mm -hmm. and edgier. Yeah. And with that, that cartoon especially is it it kind of presents it similar to, it has that same kind of tone of like an adult driven drama that was popular in the nineties. And, um, but not, not to, talk about the cartoon but yes. um but yeah i mean it's just a solid production all around yeah. but i'm like you i didn't i didn't read the comic books really mm-hmm. i wasn't a comic book kid 
I was more, yeah, I didn't have my own money, so I can't go out and buy comics whenever I want yeah. to. Uh, you know, I grew up, you know, low middle class, mm-hmm. you know. Help me, I'm poor. I know, help me. <laughs> <laughs> I was by no means poor, <laughs> but I didn't have money to go buy, to spend, you know, $10 at the comic book shop. Yeah, so. and we didn't live in an area that you could just walk That's right. to some, well, I mean, I guess you were at the grocery store or whatever. I could walk to the grocery store and rent yeah, a 49 Yeah, they had like movie. a little rack or yeah. something, but. I had enough in my pocket to rent 40, a 49 cent movie. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yep. But yeah. I guess, what did you think mm. compared to start off? What, how do you think it ranked with the, the other Batman movies? I'd have to watch it again, you know, because it's hard. And again, it's it's not really fresh in my mind because it's been two weeks since I've seen it. But when I walked out, I would say it's probably right behind The Dark Knight and Batman Begins as probably my third favorite one. But uh, that could change. I, I, I haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises in a long time. I remember liking that a lot. Uh but I did, and again, I like. I haven't seen Batman '89 in a while. I could like that one more. It's been a while. I grew up on that one. Uh, I don't know, but it, I do appreciate the fact that they did, they went on the detective route. I like that a lot. I think Matt Reeves is is very talented. Yeah, I'm a fan of his. I like the the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of the better you know action movies in the past decade, and I think Let Me In is fantastic. Uh, even Cloverfield is just enjoy. I mean, it's fun. It's a mm-hmm. fun movie to watch. But uh, he he definitely stuck with the detective story, which I appreciate. I liked Robert Pattinson. That's always the thing that fans always worry about is is the bat is the guy who plays the Batman gonna be any good? And I f- I feel like they've hit home runs lately. I Christian Bale is obviously great, and I even like Ben Affleck. I thought he was a great Batman. Uh, I would have actually would have liked to seen like the older Batman storyline. That would have been cool. And you know he's just a hulking dude, and I thought he did a great job. So. With the story being centered around the second year of Batman, I thought Robert Pattinson was casted really well. I thought he did a great job. And I mentioned this to you before. The, the thing that I noticed immediately that they fixed was the Batman voice. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand Christian Bale's Batman voice. Every time he talks, it kind of takes Swear me out. to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where were the other jokes going? <laughs> it's like, uh, please stop. Stop talking. And they fixed that a little bit in Batman v Superman where he had that sort of electronic. That modulator. Yeah, the yeah. modulator, which kind of, okay. Uh but Pattinson didn't have any of that stuff. He just had his normal mm-hmm. speaking voice, and it, was, it were great. Uh, great, good storyline. I thought Paul Dano was amazing. He was a great actor. Uh, Jeffrey Wright did a great job as Gordon. I like the fact that they teamed up to kind of help solve each other the mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, little nerdy things here and there that I didn't really. I was like, what? Uh, like uh, when he's again. I don't want to spoil anything, but he ends up trying nah, to solve. It's two weeks past. Okay. We can spoil it. So. Well. As he's searching for clues, there, there's always like a happenstance uh, character that's there, like helping him along. Like mm-hmm. uh, one thing that comes to mind is uh, when he's trying to figure out what's what's the Riddler's next step, and he's in the, the carpet tool. He's in the carpet tool, yeah. and the, the officer there just happens to have an uncle who owns like a carpet uh, installation business. Yeah. He's like, my, my uncle uses that tool to install carpets or whatever. Yeah, ex machina, just like uh, this. <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, kind of a thing. exactly. But I get it. It's a movie. They're trying to move the plot along. But um, again, it's very nitpicky. Uh, I did. I the one thing I didn't like was. So let's start. Let's let's talk about the negatives, and then we'll we'll do the positives. Negatives so, and the positives. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like the fact that Bruce Wayne's in it for maybe five seconds, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's brooding and dark and mysterious as Bruce Wayne, and he's brooding and dark and mysterious as the Batman. And people can argue, oh, it's because his parents just died. It's like, no, no, his parents didn't just die. 
Yeah. He's been the Batman now for two years and his parents died like when he was tw- a kid. Ten years ago or right. something. Because I think I think it was supposed to I think they said it was like ten years ago his parents died. Yeah. So where he was twenty two. Yes. I think and or supposed to be twenty two and yeah. then he was I, I could be remembering that wrong. Right. But. And I, I just thought that was just a bad decision. Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to and that's a running theme in that where you want to know the identity of the Batman and that that's always going to be a, a a hurdle that he's going to have to avoid if yeah. you don't want. And again, it's a plot line in the movie where, you know, somebody loves is in danger of being killed because they know who the Batman is. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that with Bruce Wayne's character. I'm sorry. It's just, it's clear that that this guy has some, some fishy going on. You know, he's a reclusive kid and when he is out, he's all depressing and brooding and, it's just, it didn't fit well with me. Got you. And then I didn't like, uh, uh, oh, I just blanked. Go ahead while I think of it. Oh, well, uh, I mean, my first impressions of the movie, I liked, I remember when, cause we watched it together. Yeah. Um, and the narration happened and yeah. he was walking in mm-hmm. the rain, slow motion. I got very strong Watchmen vibes watching. Oh, it. for sure. I was thinking um, of Rorschach. Actually, yeah, I was thinking of Rorschach. I like that noir feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the journal entry. Um, I liked. Uh, so I, I I liked the tone. I liked uh, that sweet sweet runtime, and <laughs> I uh, I thought. By the way, it's almost a little over three hours, close to it. Yeah, it's very long, and um, which. I will say it didn't feel like a three hour movie. It didn't. No, um, felt like a two and a half hour sure. movie. Um, so the pacing was good. Uh, I thought the acting was good. Um, the also along the lines of first impressions. Um, I like the mystery format and I thought it was fine. Yeah. Now my love for this movie will either grow or diminish completely based on the next movie mm-hmm. um which i can get into but what was the other item you were going to bring up did you remember it oh yeah the the scene and uh so back on on the, the identity of batman and bruce wayne being separated mm-hmm. and so they can't figure out who this guy is the scene in the jail where where the batman again spoiler alert there's, I think the DA has a bomb strapped to himself mm-hmm. and the Riddler is, you know, communicating with the Batman or whatever. Or actually he's Bruce Wayne. No, no, no he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So I keep forgetting that he changed into Batman as he's at the funeral. And, uh, there's clearly a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And again, he's supposed to be this, the world's greatest detective and he doesn't avoid it at all. Mm-hmm. He gets blown up, right? He gets concussed Then he goes to the police station where he's surrounded by police officers and not one police officer decides, you know, let's take off this mask and see who this guy is. This vigilante that we've been mm-hmm. tracking for the last two years. Yeah. And just, I just wish that, that, that that's whole a glaring plot what, hole. I wish yeah. that didn't even happen. I because wish there'd be too many people wanting to unmask him. Yes. Yeah. There's so. literally, it's literally him in a cage and there's 30 officers yep. that are surrounding him and only Commissioner Gordon. And everyone's being very well behaved. Exactly. Because police are always well behaved. Exactly. We all know that <laughs> the past couple of years. The, um, I get what you're saying. So you wish they would have dealt with that slightly differently. Not even have it in the movie. Yeah. Just take it out. Just take it out. I mean, there was a timer on the bomb. Mm-hmm. Just say, I'm sorry. You know, and run away. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't you didn't need to do that. And yeah, I mean he didn't need I don't know if that scene existed just because to have him jump off a high building in his little could, collider thing. Um I feel like they could have just easily put that somewhere else. Yeah. Um 
But if it was, oh, well, he got a bomb blew up right in front of his face. Of course, he's going to be knocked out. Let's keep it kind of grounded. Yeah. Great. Well, how about when he dives off the building in the next scene? He doesn't Falls smash his skull against the fucking bridge <laughs> and walks like, just walk fun. away like, Jesus, like, how's that guy not vomiting in exactly. the alley right now? Um, but <laughs> the uh, no, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, that some of the issues I felt. Uh, him solving the riddles mm -hmm. again i'm an idiot i'm the dumbest motherfucker alive mm -hmm. but i felt like he got those riddles really really easily he did um and it was like they they said it and he's like oh blah 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 uh, <laughs> thumb drive yeah uh, thumb drive <laughs> <laughs> um thumb drive to where i feel like i like the idea they wanted to go with the mystery i was expecting before Going into the movie, I thought it was going to be kind of similar to Zodiac, like a seven. Sure. And and have that kind of like you're solving it along. Yeah. And I felt some of that tone there. I didn't feel like it was executed all that well. Um, and I don't know. As a mystery, it was fine. Mm -hmm. There was no like aha moment or, oh, we got him. It's this person kind of a thing because they never run into the guy. Yeah. You never have that scene to where they interacted like in uh, like in seven where they run into john doe him and morgan freeman they chase him in the yeah. alleyway or zodiac both or David zodiac. fincher movies to where they talk with yeah. um john carroll lynch yeah his yeah. character and so they didn't have a list of suspects they were interviewing or anything right. like that it was like the penguin and john Turturro. yep and that was it so I, I felt like that could have been done a little bit better as far mm -hmm. as the mystery um but uh one thing not one thing overall and when i mentioned it's going to be dependent on the second movie i didn't like the music oh okay i thought the music not a fan of michael giacchino i am uh i loved his incredible score he did up he, he's done some i know oh, he yeah. can do music and i went because i saw his name pop up in the credits and i was like i know he's done a lot of stuff that i like he, i think he did the new spider-man movies mm. um he's very capable um didn't he do inside out I think so. Yeah, he's That's done a, a lot one. of Pixar stuff. So yeah. um, he's very capable mm -hmm. and he's very talented. But that music was horrible. Um, what didn't you like about it? I didn't like because it was so simple. It was like, it was like he uh, phoned like one it or two in. notes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was one or two notes from a Nirvana song. Yeah. yeah. It was just the beginning. Like yeah, yeah. for um, something in the way. And which I thought that song fit. It did. In the movie. Great trailer song. Yeah. And um, but then that's his theme. So and I'm going to be kind of going on a tangent here. So the the music I mm -hmm. wasn't a fan of. Um, I'm a fan of, of his music. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did a good job. I looked on his IMDb. He had like four projects that like that. Working year. on simultaneously. So I don't know yeah. if he was just drained or. It was planned. Yeah. The presence of Robert Pattinson as Batman, I felt like wasn't there. I felt like it was a normal asshole in a costume. <laughs> Like some douchebag was going to get his ass kicked in the subway. Like he didn't feel intimidating. Again, that could have been deliberate. Same with the music. Yep. His fighting, like the action scenes. Yeah. I didn't think Some the action part. scenes. Yeah, I thought they were fine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I I I wasn't getting amped. Yeah. Like um, like like the fight scene in Batman v Superman where he walks, he comes to try to save Superman's mom, Martha. Yeah. And he annihilates. No. It's just yeah, it's so just, brutal. It's throwing a beat down. Yeah. Again, it's the second year. That could be planned. So yeah. that's true. My thing is 
my enjoyment of this movie will increase or decrease based on the second one yeah. because the second one, if it's year five, and because Robert Pattinson is signed, Robert Pattinson is signed up for a trilogy, right? If in the second movie they have that same tone, but they build a little bit more to the arrangement, mm-hmm. they make his appearance as Batman a little bit more not mythical, but a little bit larger. I mean, the the angles they were shooting him, they weren't low angle shots. They weren't meant to make him feel powerful. It was just very yep. eye level. If they shoot him slightly more low angle, if the action scenes are a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. And then the third movie, you add a little bit more to the arrangement of the song. So then you have the full Batman theme. The whole, ah, yeah. everything is growing with the character. Right. So you have... And even Robert Pattinson being a gloomy Batman, this fits into that too, to where he's not the playboy. He doesn't realize I need to be right. Bruce Wayne. Right. To where he eventually develops that. So that way, by the end of the third movie, at that climax, he is a fully developed, fully developed Batman. He is the badass. He is the, it is the action scenes that gets you amped and like, Oh Jesus, he's ripping people. He's evolving. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that music, you have the, the better choreography when they show him on camera, he's a larger than life person. That's intimidating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's just fully flushed out as a character. So maybe they're doing it similar. Like they did the, the Spider-Man movies to where they took three movies for an origin. I'm hoping that's their plan. Right. With this trilogy is that they're going to develop them into that mythic figure. And if that's the plan, kudos. And if they're going to be building on all those elements, great. If not, and they don't build on the score, the music for this one I thought sucked. If they didn't, if they don't build on the action scenes, the action scenes I thought sucked, for this movie yeah. sucked. So if they build on that into the service of the story, mm-hmm. great. If they don't, eh, I think I think it's mediocre. Yeah, yeah no, that, those are all good points. And I like that idea of building an, into a fully formed Batman. It would help all the, the shortcomings that I just talked about. I agree with you. Um, do I think they're going to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I think I hope what they don't do because they spoiler alert. There's another scene where they try to introduce another villain, which I'm sure that's a studio note. I get it. You have to put the Joker in there. Yeah. But I, 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 I hope they center it on Batman's evolution, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Instead of you're, you're now the focus is going to be on the Joker in the second one. Yeah, and, or, and we've seen the Joker so yes. many fucking times. Like, I know. Just, I agree. Um, but I think if they if they plan on doing that, of course. If the past is any indicator, Warner Brothers doesn't really think that far ahead. Or if they no. do, they're going to cut their losses and run if the second movie doesn't work out. Um, well, they're going to make a second one because it's doing phenomenally well. Yeah. yeah. And they're already making streaming shows. I think they're coming out with a penguin thing. With... Why? <laughs> because because they got HBO because Max. Because money. Yeah. Money. <laughs> subscribers. Because money and subscribers. Right. Content. 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 Yes. Content. I need more content. More um, options. Jesus. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. The other direction, I think, and we talked about this a couple nights ago. Uh, yes. They can the anthology do an anthology yeah. to where you can have your multiverse Justice League Batman. Mm-hmm. You can have that be the same character, but and you can kind of do your offshoot stories for the DC universe. But for the Batman movies, they are just journal entries. This one happens to yeah. take place two years and you can keep Robert Pattinson if mm-hmm. it's a year five Batman or you can hire somebody else. Yeah. And it would just be a different because right. I liked 
I liked how it took place within a week. Yeah. It wasn't some big, I mean, of course you had to have the big set piece at the end. Sure. But um, I liked it was within a week. It was kind of more or less a self-contained thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't a big beam shooting down from the sky um, or Mr. Freeze, like freezing everybody in a thing of ice. Um, But you could have your anthology to where here's just a standalone detective story Mm -hmm. where he had to deal with this. Yeah. Here's a standalone. And they could kind of do one offs like that. And they could have those movies come out at the same time. Other Batman movies are coming out because the audience, I think, is smart enough at this time to now disconnect to between the two. disconnect the two. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Just do standalone detective stories. Because they could turn That'd it into great. a uh, James Bondish right. kind of a thing to where right. standalone things and... Yeah. Yeah. The, on a positive of the movie, though, I will say I thought that they did a good job uh, with with... With the overall mystery itself, it was it was pretty well done, especially that first shot of the Riddler mm-hmm. with the light. Like it's very creepy, very seven vibes going on, and just the way the Riddler interacted with in the storyline itself was great. And then the final scene with the Riddler that I wish they didn't do. Like they make you think that the Riddler knows that it's Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and I was like, thank you, someone smart. This guy's been t- you know the place of going through hoops trying to figure out who this guy is and like yes he knows who who Batman is cuz he's smart and they didn't follow through. Yeah. It's just uh we didn't get Bruce Wayne, you know, I don't it's like oh come on guys. This is the this Riddler guy has been outsmarting everyone the whole movie and he doesn't know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't put the two together. It's like ah. That that's a that's a hurdle that they they definitely missed I thought. And you could you could use that against him. You know, if you're a villain you know who Bruce Wayne is. Mhm. Make that like collateral. Yeah. Then you have that that tension, which right. I think is something that was missing from this film too. Is like I I didn't feel the urgency or the suspense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I do I do think that they close the loop pretty good though on his character arc when he's like, you know, I'm vengeance. Because I think they say uh, I'm the Batman like maybe twice in the whole movie. He's kind of known as vengeance. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they say Batman in the movie. Maybe the Catwoman does. I can't remember. They don't say it all that much. Yeah. They say vengeance. He says, I'm vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say I'm Batman. Right. Yeah. And he's definitely just angry the whole time. Mm -hmm. He's very angry, very brooding. And they close the loop at the end with, because he understands that, you know, the way that I'm doing this, and even they mentions it in the journal entry, you know, I don't even know if what I'm doing is having any impact on crime here. I have no idea. I could be helping. I could be making it worse. Mm -hmm. And then he finally has that light bulb go off when one of the guys says, you know, I'm vengeance. Yeah, he, he's instigating what he's right. trying to stop. Exactly. And, yeah. and I, I thought they they closed that loop pretty well. Uh, helping the people through the light with the, I'm like, okay, so we're going to a flooded area to another flooded area. I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish they would have set that up a little bit. Like they were in, I didn't think those people were in danger. Uh, you're just helping. Anyway. Yeah. Nitpicky nerdy stuff. But they closed that loop pretty well. I agree with you. I think now that I'm talking about it, and this is why I like these conversations. I think this is like my fifth favorite the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's behind Batman '89 now. <laughs> it's behind the Nolan trilogy and Batman '89. Uh, but you're right. If they either they go through the with the anthology route, or they, you know, this is year two, and then we'll have year five. He gets more intimidating. Uh, he evolves Bruce Wayne a little bit into the character, understanding that I have to play this up, or I'm going to get very suspicious from mm-hmm. the outside influences. Will they do that? I don't know. Uh, hopefully Matt Reeves comes back because I thought he did a good job directing it. He was consistent in his tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he'll come back. Or not. I mean, I heard. Who knows? Uh, the rumor mill is that 
production wasn't the best mm. um, between Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. Really? Um, that could be horseshit. It could yeah. be some semblance of truth. It could just be because they had to follow COVID protocol protocols. Yeah. And it could and just everyone be everyone annoyed. frustrated sure. over it. Um, I, I hope he comes back. I like the idea of having... He's a good director with a vision. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he understands what tone he wants. Um, so I hope they keep him. I hope he comes back um, to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson coming back. Eh. I mean, I thought he did a fine job. If mm -hmm. he doesn't come back in the next one, it's not going to kill it for me. Yeah. Because I feel like it's the tone. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought uh, Colin Farrell was great. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought, thought everyone great. acted in it very, very yeah. well. Totoro was great. Yep. Um, I the only thing, the chemistry between Selena Kyle and Bat, Catwoman and Batman. Yeah. I I didn't buy. Yeah. Um I think she did a good job. Uh I don't, what did what my, didn't you buy? Was it just the it was the way she walked? No. <laughs> my hips my, hurt. My hips hurt whenever I watch her walk. <laughs> I was like, why is she walking that way? God, her hips are arthritis. Like a, her um, hips are at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. How did that happen? The yeah. um but I I don't know. I just didn't buy that connection. I felt like, oh, they gotta have some kind of sexual tension there yeah. because there's always sexual tension between Batman and Catwoman. I just didn't, it wasn't believable for me. I right. don't feel, and I don't know if that's because Robert Pattinson was too gloomy mm. to where he didn't have that human desire part of him show that much. Yeah. Um, I think she did. She felt like a very well-rounded character. You understand why she was doing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you understood her motivations, um, which same thing of why she's doing stuff, but um she knew what she wanted. Yeah. And she was, she uh, was shown to be vulnerable. She was shown to be strong. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I didn't get that sense from Batman. Yeah. Um, I felt like, Oh, I'm here. What's his motivation for doing this? Yeah. Obviously his parents are sure. 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 Um, but it's, I don't I, know. I, I think just, they're trying I didn't, to, I, yeah, I, I think didn't feel trying. maybe, maybe that's what it was as to where I wasn't getting that, human sense from robert pattinson i was definitely getting it from zoe kravitz and i yeah. thought she did great um i mean everyone acted very very well in it yeah um, but but yeah just their chemistry and it's probably may may have been robert pattinson's fault yeah maybe they i agree i don't think the, the motivation for why he's doing it you're right oh his he's just mad because his parents got murdered mm -hmm. okay is that it uh I, I think they tried to fill that gap with that scene with with Alfred when Alfred almost dies and you you see a little twinge of humanity there where mm -hmm. he's, he doesn't want him obviously to die. Yeah. He loves him. Uh, but even that scene wasn't enough. They should have had some more scenes where, you know, you got to understand what, you, what you're doing here and your actions and, mm -hmm. you know, what is your motivation for doing it? It can't just be that, you know, you're an angry guy and you're out there kicking you, you yourself in your journal saying, I don't even know what if I'm doing is is helping or hurting. Yeah. If you don't why know, are you doing then it? why are you doing it? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, even if it was as simple as I, I just want to punish people. That would, if they, he just went out and said it. Yeah. He's like, I just want to hurt somebody. I just want to hurt somebody. Um, Because, I mean, that would just show like a human, like, right. I mean, we know he's angry. Yeah. We know he's depressed. Probably because of his, his house. 
the interior of his house. I'm like, who the fuck would live in that? It's very gloomy. Like, if that was his childhood home, who? Would, how yeah. many spikes were in that house? A lot of I spikes. Can't even, like, my kids are trying to kill themselves on the flattest, <laughs> most softest things all the time. Like, you have these javelins of yeah. goth There's, architecture in your right. house. I'm like, God. I was like, <laughs> There's a lot of right so angles cold. in this place. This is nitpicky, but yeah. Can we stop with the people when they're trying to figure out something? He's he pushes the oh, I'm gonna push the table out of the way. I got I, I need the floor space for this. I'm gonna do this shirtless, by like, the way. Like a good thing I got this camera above me to let me see the whole picture <laughs> exactly. of everything I'm doing instead of you know putting stuff on a wall. On a wall, yeah. Like I get the wall thing because you can stand back and you just kind of look at it. Yeah. Um, but the whole floor thing and like right in the ooh. Got to yes. write the like I'm the like Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's a little nerdy. I mean, that's but... a little. I mean, they do it for the shot. Sure, um, sure for the visual, but um, but no, I mean, I think just having a little bit more of human emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't feel like there was a sense of. I think the most human he looked was, or I felt coming from him was when he ejected himself with that adrenaline. The or bane juice the bane juice the uh and he just like started punching somebody in the face really hard and i'm like okay your anger got the best of you like um but other than that like i don't feel like there was a and not to compare it to other movies uh like there's no sense of like at least spider-man homecoming Mm -hmm. there's a scene that they took from the comic book when spider-man was pinned down by the building and he was crying out for help and in that scene you realized yeah yeah he's he's, he's vulnerable a, he's a kid yeah he's he can't a kid. and but he overcomes it right it doesn't mean he's invincible but he is vulnerable and i think maybe that's what it was missing yeah to where I there's so. there's not there wasn't anything that was vulnerable about it um well to all the scenes that we were just talking about he goes into a police station and no one yeah no right and then he gets he gets a blunt he gets a bomb exploded in his face nothing mm-hmm you know, he falls off a building with this like paraglider thing, slams into the side of a bridge. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this guy can get a multiple machine gun fire, just hits his chest, bounces off of him. No big deal. Yeah. It's I, I slid down two stairs in my house because <laughs> I was wearing socks and I was just kind of going down and I slid down and I felt like I couldn't move afterwards. But he gets his face smashed in by a train rail and yes perfectly fine he's fine like well in this defense he's young yeah he's a spry guy i was young too i mean i used to skateboard i could i'd fall i'd bounce up pretty well but yeah god oh yeah but i mean even not physically vulnerable but emotionally or something yeah and i feel like they that wasn't done too terribly well right but i agree do you think that there even needs to be i know it's part of the comic books but for that movie in particular i don't know why there needed to be like a romantic link between catwoman and the batman no and maybe that was it too like i i, I didn't feel like it was right warranted why, why do you need it yeah like you said her her motivation for what she what she's doing is clearly outlined mm-hmm. why she's doing it uh i don't think she would be thinking about having a romantic relationship with anybody yeah because i feel like her character was more goal oriented yeah as far as getting what she her friend was missing right and then her friend was dead right and then she wanted to right so I get it though. I, yeah, I mean, you always have to have. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't think it fit. Um, mm-hmm. It, it wasn't earned. Um, I, 
Are we just shitting on the Batman? I think so. <laughs> At this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? I think it was an, a good movie that you, you should take the time to watch. I thought it was I thought, very I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad I saw it in theaters. Yeah, me too. Um, it's entertaining. Yeah. You'll be entertained. Yep. It's very well paced. The acting is awesome. The Gotham exteriors. Now, the Gotham City, mm-hmm. I thought was really good. It was done. Well, I got uh, London vibes. I think some of it was shot in England. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it felt like there's parts of it. I was like, oh, that looks like Chicago. Yeah. That that kind of looks like London. That kind of uh, th- it was a nice mix. Yeah. And so I don't know what they did for all their exteriors. Um, but I liked the way they presented Gotham. Yeah. And it was obviously shot in Seattle because it rained. Yeah, it rained all, all the time <laughs> and <laughs> gray days everywhere, which maybe it was England. But um, the I, I thought the exteriors were great. Um, they did a nice, I think they did a nice job presenting the city. Yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was worth watching. Yeah. Is it, um, again, if they build on it the way I think that they might be building on it, I think it'd be fantastic because you just never had that really long proper storytelling before to where you just kind of build on everything. Would you rather have it go the anthology route or build on the evolution of Batman or both? I want to see them build uh, on the evolution of Batman Yeah, because I want that that final payoff yeah just that the crescendo of him yeah and um i'd like to see that um but yeah i think i'd like to see the crescendo yeah anthology i think would be cool that you could do anytime yeah um it's true but with that with the narrative structure they chose i think that would lend itself to an anthology thing but i think they're going to do a proper or a typical trilogy yep. and then start again yep. um, like they usually do. But, but you know, my opinion could change if I see it again. Mm-hmm. And you're right. If it, it, It's going to depend on the subsequent films and where they go. And yeah. Yeah. Go see the Batman. Yeah. Support your local theater chain. Yep. <laughs> Which is owned by, by AMC four or companies. Regal or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your local theater company. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so cool well anything else on the batman no i think we talked about it enough okay yeah well we will talk about the rest of the movies in history uh on the next episode yes all of them all right all right jay see you later matt see you later till next time yep